Hello everybody and welcome to episode 551 of Conversation Street. I'm Michael. I'm Gemma. And tonight we're going to be talking about the episodes that broadcast between the 20th and 30th of November 2022 and that is episodes 10,807 to 10,812. What was the last thing that happened? Hmm? With what? Coronation Street. What, this week? Yeah. Gail heard Hang on. a phone call. Right, if you haven't got to that bit, you're listening yeah, too far ahead. Yeah. Okay? So mm. just... We've been Stop listening we've been binging watch. again on the hub this week, haven't we? We uh, it's Tuesday as we're recording this. Last night was spent um, ploughing our way through this week's episode, and um, <laughs> the, the 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 fields weren't quite so um, fertile. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe uh... not. This. <laughs> it felt like. I, I, I started last week's podcast not wanting to moan too much about them all going on the on the hub or anything. I think maybe that was more because I kind of enjoyed last week's episodes and you know the Sam stuff was good and, and all that. Um, and it was just like it was just like it, it's like downing a nice fine wine. I, I imagine watching last week's oh, coronation. Is that what you think you do with it? You down it? Yeah, I don't know. Down this wine. It was just like having a really tasted salted caramel milkshake. That's what it was to me. This week's coronation yeah. street. Um, was. Bit, a bit of a stodge, wasn't it? It, it definitely had some currants in it there, and I, and I do. I am not a fan of of currants and things. So currants in milkshake or anything? Well, no. Who wants currants in a milkshake? Nobody. I don't know, some people maybe. I don't want um, currants in anything. Thank you very much. But yeah, mm, what? one thing that's becoming more apparent to me the more we binge these episodes. <laughs> it's only doing it two weeks. Is how important the passage of time is to storytelling pace in Coronation Street because it's completely thrown everything off to be able to watch it all in one batch every week. You don't get the the um, sense of time passing. Some of it was quite funny because they were talking about things in this week's episodes and we're like, oh, that was ages ago that that happened. It's like, it oh actually... no, it was just the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been a week since we watched it. And Coronation Street is one of the few shows where you know, soaps in general are like this, where the passage of time is an important part of mm. telling a story. But even without the hub um, this week, I imagine that's going to be quite tricky for some people because Corrie this week is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. It was also one on Sunday. So lots of people who didn't yeah. do it on the hub had four days of Corrie on the trot. And I, I guess it's back next Monday. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's on Sunday. So everyone's got a bit of a gap now. But yeah, that has been a little bit difficult to, to get... Um, to get my head round and also oh, what, what was the last thing that happened again but we've been muddling through okay it's when they then kind of drop other stories in with us like uh, in on us like um remember Lawrence the dentist he's back this week everyone what, what, what happened with him again <laughs> I'm supposed to care about Lawrence the dentist I don't know that's when that's when it became um slightly more problematic but yeah I just, I just didn't think it was a great week this week it was um there was, oh, it's not have, it's there, not having it. there was a lot of filler in this week's Coronation honestly, Street. Honestly, it felt like I don't like think there's going to be a whole lot of conversation that goes on in this week's Conversation Street. But. Like, there were three episodes, but only one episode's worth of things happened. Well, it's interesting, because I read some person saying after yesterday's episode, Monday's episode, aired on ITV, some people were saying, oh, it felt like, you know, three episodes of stuff happened in this Monday episode. What? I mean, I think maybe there was quite a fair bit of summer stuff that happened there, but yeah, my, my overall impression of the week is there was a lot of wheels spinning, and I'm not just talking about Stephen Reid here. I'm not just talking about my brain as well. <laughs> but uh, not a whole lot of progress with some of the plots, apart from, I guess, the summer plot, um, which, um, you know, you know how we feel about that. But anyway... Um, that that's what we're going okay. to be talking about in a little bit later. Should I, do I hope a quiz? that yeah, do a quiz. I, I hope that other people shared our um, 
distaste for this week's Why? Other, well no no only because you know if you really enjoyed watching something you don't want to have somebody kind of bad mouthing it do yeah. you but sometimes if you didn't enjoy something and then you hear a podcast people talking about how much they enjoyed it sometimes that can make things better sometimes not like so, like there was this game that came out this summer that I was really really looking forward to but I didn't quite get into it and then when I heard on podcasts, people talking about the game, saying, "Oh, this is the you know the best within the series." Blah blah blah. I was like, oh, "No, it wasn't. Why? Why can't everyone be outraged? It's not as good as the other ones in the series." But on the other hand, um, we've just been watching the first two episodes of series eleven of American Horror Story. We've not been that into it, have we? But then yesterday, no, yesterday I listened to a podcast where people were discussing the first two episodes and they were quite into it. And I was like, "Saying, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't so bad." So I don't, I don't whatever. know. I don't know, whatever. But I definitely went into yesterday's Coronation Street in a good mood because we've we have talked a lot in the past about your, your mood affecting how you're gonna um enjoy episodes or not yeah it was not i was like thought. yeah it's curry night i haven't watched curry in a week brilliant i'm looking forward to it tonight but it was a slog to get yeah through. i was looking forward to it actually and then mm. when we got to it i was like oh because <laughs> sometimes when the opening credits roll we go Who's going to be the first character? Who, yeah. are, we, who are we going to get this week? Yeah. And, and we're like, oh, is it going to be Max? Oh, is it going like, to be yeah, Spider? Is, oh, is it going to be this? And it's like, oh, it's summer. summer. <laughs> of course it's summer, the first scene of the Lovely. week. Anyway, um, we'll talk... Sorry, we're going to get onto the quiz. That's kind of a little preamble to street talk. And, and anyone who's just skipped to the street talk section, you don't know what's going to hit you. But Gemma, do you have a quiz for me this week? Yep. Yes, I thought you did. Do you want me to score myself? All right. Yeah. 28th of November... To the 2nd of December. Yes, it is December this week, isn't it? I still don't have a a, a Coronation Street Christmas cover image. It's not happening. It's not happening by the 1st of December this week, everybody. Sorry. Anyway, yes, carry on. Where's your advent calendar? I've got two advent calendars. I know you you. do. Oh, we we were talking about doing that thing on Twitter for advent. Yeah, we we? were. Maybe we'll do that. 2nd of December, and you're ending in 2 and 7, and I sourced the information for this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. I know. 28th of November, 1942. What? Ken's most tragic wife was born. What's her name? Most tragic wife? They had two fairly tragic wives, to be fair, didn't they? Um, <laughs> this is good. Who question. was more tragic out of Janet Reed and um, uh, Valerie Barlow? Who do you think? What's um, more tragic? Dying and leaving a pair of cherubic twins... Um, without of, without a mother because or of a hairdryer because of a hairdryer or taking taking your own life because Ken won't have your back I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that I'm gonna say that Valerie was probably the most tragic do you think well just because the situation yeah everyone was probably quite sad when Val died but was, when yeah. when Janet Barlow did they're like oh well they'd only been married five minutes am I well, wrong no I put Janet oh Janet. Darn it. Okay, well. Oh, well. There was only one of them that was born on the 28th of November 1942. That should have been the biggest clue. Yeah, I guess you're right. (laughs) 28th of November 2016. Which spurned man... 2016? Yeah. We're not doing years ending in a six. Oh, well, I I, I changed to doing sixes and... (laughs) Is this the only six? There's a couple. You only have one job, (laughs) job. Go on. I don't want to do this job at all. (laughs) Go on. You do a great job at this job. Which spurned man calls off his engagement? Oh, gosh, 2016? Not got a clue. No, I don't know. I couldn't even guess. Zidane <laughs> Tirana. Zidane Tirana, okay. Oh, no, I'd need more clues on that one. It's not my like, fault. Which of the most tragic Nazirs <laughs> called off his engagement? 
29th of November, 1972. Which saucy club opened? Capricorn Club. Yeah. yeah. 29th of November, 2002. Who does Peter Barlow propose to? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, all of these ones where it's a 50-50 chance. I didn't get the first one right. So I'm going to say that he proposed to... Who did he marry first? I'm going to say Shelley. It was Shelley Unwin. Yeah. Right, here's another, here's another sex one. I don't know what happened there. No, never mind. 30th of November, and I'm sure I asked the question before. 1966, where do Ivan and Linda Tovesky move to after reconciling? Oh, <laughs> you definitely have never asked me this question before. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, no, not a clue. Birmingham. No, wouldn't have got that. These are hard ones, I see. 30th of November, 2012. Why is Tyrone so eager to rush through his wedding to Kirsty? So that he can get parental rights to Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. First, out of six. 1st of December 1982. Bob and Craig Whiteley are made an early Christmas dinner by Phyllis because they're going to move abroad. Mm-hmm. Which country are they going to move to? Australia. Yeah. Did you know that? Or did you guess? No, I knew it. Well done. I, they went to Australia. I'm, I never know how I'm supposed to know what you know. 1st <laughs> of December 2017. What reason does Gary tell Sarah he's going back to Ukraine? Um... Oh, is this when he faked his own death or something like that? I don't think that was the reason. Um, He's not going to go to Sarah. I'm going to Ukraine to fake my own death. As in, is this like, I'm going because my heart tells me to, is it? Because there is a job there and this is the job. What reason does he tell Sarah he's going to He's got a job there. No. In the army. No, this isn't the army. Bodyguard. No? No, that's that's why he's going. What reason does he give Sarah... Does he say something else? Pur- yeah, because oh. he's got a job there, so what? Mm, I don't Can know. Can he not get a job here? No. No, he can't? No. Is I... that your answer? Um, just tell me. To give them the best Christmas ever. Oh, best Christmas ever. <laughs> oh, okay. Ukrainian Christmas, the That's best Christmas obscure ever. Obscure no. question. 2nd of December 2002. What does Steve and Karen discover about Vic when they search his flat? He's been scamming streetcars. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done a runner, taking some money. I'm having a, I'm, That's I'm the end. a... Oh, brilliant. Okay, so I got five out of nine. And it's your fault not for boning up on the wrong year. That's what happened, <laughs> isn't it? I've not done any boning. I've told yeah, you, yeah, I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got to say happy birthday to our Facebook user, uh, Ben. I was going to say Ben Where as well. He was very cheeky monkey, wasn't he? he was asking a cheeky for, a, for a uh, podcast birthday shout out. Well, Ben anniversary to you. Yeah. <laughs> Birthdays. 3rd of December, director Gerald Blake and Jennifer James, who played Gina Gregory. 4th of December, Thomas Craig, who played Tommy Harris. 5th of December, Nathan Graham, who played James Bailey. 7th of December, director Claude Watham, I guess. <laughs> and Sue Johnson, who played Gloria Price. And Clive Russell, who played Phil Nail. 8th of and December... who else did you play? Don't know. Quiz back right at you. Scotch Tommy. Oh. Yeah. 8th of December, Arthur Leslie played Jack Walker, Jill Summers, who played Phyllis Pierce, and writer Adele Rose. Nice. Uh, it ended on a high there with those three, I have to say. 
Well, okay. <laughs> happy birthday. I sorry, sorry, my that? phone. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> anything, anything else to add? Any, any good stories to say? No. Anything we've been getting up to since the last podcast? No, but you need to gird your loins to prepare yourself for street talk. Gird your loins. Gird. Gird. Is that a word? No, gird. Gird. What does that Every mean? Every single time I say something on this podcast, you don't have a clue. It always makes me rethink my whole life. What does it mean to gird you? It means like get ready. Gird your get ready for it because I don't understand very much about kind of up. any real life things according to a Canadian sheep farmer over at Amazon, by the way. Oh yeah. If anybody wants to review us on Amazon and give us a nice review, that would be really nice. We've got some people <laughs> who have Yeah, who thank have you very much to all the lovely people on the Facebook group who has uh, rallied in support of Conversation Street on Amazon since um we discovered that scathing review of me um, during midway well, during I, last like, week last was week's left podcast from um, that no. little bit of uh, I honestly I found funny. Canadian Sheep Farmers review quite funny it did not have any long lasting psychological effects on me well I suppose I wouldn't know whether it's long lasting or not but well, you I wouldn't think know I'm fine thick. I found it quite I, I found it fairly amusing but um, yes anyway thank you very much we had lots of lovely messages on Facebook this week um, uh, with all the, we've got our some, true fans yeah, some we've got six, some more? six reviews now in total we're going to say we had some six out of five that would be quite impressive wouldn't that yeah redress the balance Thanks, guys. There. okay <laughs> right let's get on to street talk okay <laughs> okay, this week's street talk then. Yeah, yeah, not 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 so good. Um, a week of Corrie this week. Like we said earlier, I just don't know really what happened. I, I've got a feeling this is going to be a fairly short um, street talk. There's not a whole lot to say about what happened this week. It's re- it's really odd how you get weeks like this, isn't it? Like, it, it just left me kind of fairly uninspired. I don't particularly mind when it gets like that because I think the last couple of weeks have on the whole, if I remember rightly, been okay. Uh, and I'm hoping, you know, in the ramp up to Christmas, we might get a little bit more excitement. But this definitely felt like it was um, it was a treading water week, should I say. And um, we're going to start off with the return of the Read and the Red storyline because um, Steve still have got his money problems, hasn't he? Stephen, why do you keep calling him Steve? I know, I did. I, I, you might find that in the notes later today. I found that I kept writing Steve and then for some reason they're having to correct it to Stephen. But yeah, Stephen Reed is still in the red. I also thought, I was I was playing with um, re- renaming this storyline Norway Back Now. <laughs> oh, well, maybe I should have done with that reaction. That's pretty much the best I think I could it's a bit of a there. short-lived story, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Um, so Summer Baby storyline is going to come um, next and that's probably due a storyline title change as well. Um, and then all day today I've been trying to think of a decent storyline for the for the Lawrence and Sean storyline but I just couldn't think. There's not much you can do with Lawrence. I was like looking, thinking about anything to do with dentists or teeth or, or anything. If anyone can think of a decent storyline title for Lawrence and Sean and I guess Todd's involved in there as well do please write in and let me know. Um, I've gone back to the old uh, Lawrence, I love you because there was a little bit of that, wasn't there? Um, next up, we had the Max Streamism storyline, and then the com- classic Corey's comedy storyline of the week, Gemma. Jacket in the pair of you, and that's all about Steve and Tim's jacket. Oh, and I mean hell. Steve this week. Um, I quite like this storyline title for the bistro and the dry rot, yeah. Mm. And and us, we could have used this last week actually when Liam was tricking them, but I'm calling it Rot and Trick. Uh, Rot, n, trick. 
Rotten yeah, Trick. Rotten Trick is what I'm calling this one. That was on Monday's episode a little bit. And then um, the, the, the storyline title for the rapidly developing wrinkly love triangle that's going on between Ken, um, Martha and Wendy currently is now called Kenage à Trois. I get a little bit of a, a, a smile from Gemma there. <laughs> it's not my best. So um, reading the red this week. Oh gosh, he's he's got he's got problem, hasn't he? As Stephen. So uh, it starts off in the salon, and Audrey's showing Stephen pictures from this Norwegian cruise brochure because despite the last time they spoke about this was about a month or so ago. He's still not got round to um to, to ordering the tickets yet. But always oh, net loveless, Stephen, says Audrey. Stephen um kinda of hit what is it, three thousand pounds? I can't pounds? believe they actually said how much it exactly cost. Exactly three thousand pounds to go on a normal. I'm glad that they did because the it lights. always feels more real when they say Mm. an actual price of something yeah but I'm a bit suspicious I think Audrey's rounded up yeah I think Audrey's included her um, her drinks her d- duty free p- purchases on the way out uh, Stephen's like oh yeah uh, that sounds great mom I'll just have a read and you'll get it booked for you oh my gosh I've got no money he does um, he's got £3,500 in his bank we find out more later more than a lot of people have yeah more than we got at the moment I don't have that much no, no. Um, but anyway we, we didn't make our first million before we were 20 like Steve apparently did Stephen Steven. apparently did so uh, he has certainly um, fallen on hard times so well, yeah he's going to he's going to get then. this booked apparently what's the point of making your first million by the age of 20 if you're going to fall so <laughs> Lose hard it by the time this is 60. why I'm, I stay like just steady just mediocre forever just just bubbling over into the black if we're lucky mm. so anyway speaking of money Shona tells Stephen that um, Audrey's energy bills have doubled recently as well they're really getting in these references to the cost of living prices oh, it aren't didn't, they it didn't feel right did it the way she said it I don't it didn't bother me too oh, much oh it did it really stuck like, out it, to it's me. hard sometimes you say oh, why, why doesn't Corey you know reflect the, the real issues that people are thinking and then when they do it's like oh they're just trying it to was just the way she, it was just the way it was worded it oh your mum's energy bills have doubled this month mm. and then it feels like they it should cut to I'm Martin Lewis and if you need help <laughs> with your energy bills Go to moneysavingexpert.com. Well, she, so she's like... That you, was a free advert, that was. Yeah, that was, yeah we, we don't have adverts, apparently. No, um, she, she says... Um, mean apparently? Oh, no, we absolutely don't have adverts. No, ten years, no adverts. She's like, can you can you maybe help Audrey out with her energy bills as well? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem, I'm rich. Well, look, Shona's like, can you bloody pay some bills, you lazy-ass uh, bum? Yeah, you You're a grown your adult mom. living with your mum, and she's... Rent-free. Yeah, and she's, like, got to pay for all your... Hot showers. Don't know what you're doing in there. <laughs> so not making a million, are you? Stephen goes to the factory later and um, says he, he tries to see if, he, if they've got any consultancy work going. And consultancy work just seems like rich people begging off their other rich friends for some cash. Yeah, he, uh, he, he what was, do you mean was, consultancy work? I like those have, knickers. Have you thought of making coloured sports bras? Oh, you you have. Oh. Yeah, um, <laughs> and Sarah's like, no, sorry, Carla's not looking for no, any external consultants help. anymore. We've managed all this time without. We're good, thank you very much. So Stephen has to go then, um, and then we have Michael coming over because he's still got this loungewear design um, business idea up his sleeve, and um, and and Sarah thinks that they're great, and and um, he says she she says, oh, I've arranged a meeting with a graphic designer tomorrow as well, and Michael's very excited by it all. We know what he's like, and she says, yeah. Don't worry about finances and everything. I've got it all covered. 
don't know what the plan there is. So um, Stephen's in the pub later, spending all his money that he apparently doesn't have, and um, he gets an email to say he's got an interview for some consultancy jobs. We've signed up to an agency, hasn't he? And he's like, yeah, get in there. So he thinks that finally things are coming up roses for him. Um, then we have you know, Sarah and Michael looking at their loungewear again, and Shona and Ed seem to think they look lovely, so hooray, that's all looking nice. Um, Stephen goes to this Skype interview later, so it's um, it's, it's in number eight, um, yes. which is kind of risky to when anybody could have walked in at any moment to find out that he's you know having to lower himself to to doing this kind of also, thing. Also, I want to critique his his background. Mm? Well, he's 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 got himself set up so the laptop is facing out into the the wider front room yeah that's not going to set off a good impression is it no no i mean no offense to the plat house but it's a bit of a dump <laughs> most people just sit sit in front of a wall don't they well yeah you'd, you'd think by the, uh, the the looks of the guy that answered the phone he would have been quite impressed by this because he was a bit casual wasn't he where yeah, Stephen was all suited and booted this yeah. guy had a backwards baseball cap on because he's down with the kids and on socials and everything there's a difference between being casual and being slovenly I'm not saying that the Platts live in a slovenly house because they had a... Up until very recently, their house was better than ours. Oh, no, I don't know. But what I'm saying is he, he went to all the trouble of like taking off his jacket and everything. Yeah. But he didn't think about his background. Rookie mistake. Yeah, he should have just blurred it if he didn't know how to do that. Well, can't it? you do a fake background? I don't know how people do it, but is that just on Zoom though? Yeah. A, I don't know what Skype does because nobody really uses Skype anymore, do they? This was definitely Skype, but the Skype Fuddy music. Fuddy Duddy Stephen using Skype. Yeah, so this, this guy's a bit odd his potential new boss because you know that he gets right down to brass tacks doesn't he he's like so question one why can't i find out about you on social media so who's this guy supposed to be um i can't remember what the what the job was but it, it kind of got the idea that he pizza was pizza eating what what no he's not a pizza guy he does he ordered pizza from Stephen later in the week didn't he or something he was delivering to him Michael, pizza guys don't order pizza. No, no, no. He's a pizza eater. Oh, he's a pizza eater. Yeah. I mean, what his job is. I got the idea that he was some kind of marketing person or something. Maybe. Because then know. he's like, oh, well, or can we don't have any social, social meds? Yeah, it was... Like, come on, Stephen, get yourself on LinkedIn at least. Yeah. I but... logged into LinkedIn for the first time in about five years today and found a load of messages like, oop, okay, whoops. What is it? Okay. Is... It's, like, uh, it's like Facebook for jobs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Tell yeah. me more later no, on. Nothing. That's literally it. Okay. Anyway, so um, Steve kind of makes a bit of a, a fool out of himself by not being able to really explain well enough why he doesn't have a Twitter account well, or he something. Says, I think to my think of myself as an observer, but if he was down with the lingo, he'd say he was a lurker. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a lurker. I, I lurk online. I look by the bins. If I, I look Stephen, down I'd alleys. Be like, Sorry, can you? Can you? Is your camera? Can does your screen work? Can you see me? I'm 60. I don't go on social... I don't care. <laughs> I know. Like, liberate me from well, the, the expectations of youth, please. The guy says, oh, I don't trust people who don't have social media. It's like they've got something to hide. It some people weird. think that. Well, some people think that, though. I wouldn't want a job with somebody that thought that. Yeah, I know, that... but you... Yeah, but you... You haven't applied for a new job for a long time. They probably do look at all your social media oh, stuff. Oh, gosh. What are they going to find they out about you. me? Yeah. They're going to find out find that you're... Out that we do a Coronation very... Street podcast. 
podcast. You're going to find out you're very strange and you're stupid. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, he's back in the pub later. He hasn't got the job. Well, he tells Sean that he didn't accept the job, doesn't he? He makes out like it was him that, that was turned them down, but actually they turned him down. But um, he then gets another call from somebody offering him a job as a fast food delivery driver. And it even comes with a moped. And it is in Bolton, no less. It was like, that sounds perfect. I will take it. Great. Steve Reed. Stephen Reed, pizza boy extraordinaire. So he's get a job with a company called Six Fellas, which is yes. like five guys. I didn't make that link, but obviously, <laughs> yes, that is absolutely true. And yeah. it's a what's well, a cross between five guys and good fellas, maybe if it's yeah. a pizza delivery. It's actually a pretty good name. <laughs> it's kind of like well, how I, I wonder whether we put that down to our to our mate uh, Dom in the archive department yeah, because he's often asked to. Uh, Come up with, come business, up with names. business names and stuff, well, isn't he? and brand names. For it's kind of like how there used to be a bunch of fake Six KFCs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, 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 I know, yeah. Anyway, Tuesday's episode. Um, so Carla's at Audrey's for an emergency hair appointment at the beginning of the episode. Oh, I don't think that's important particularly. But Nick comes in and says, Mum, no, Grandma, has Stephen bought these cruise ticket yet? And she's like, I don't really know. Stephen <laughs> hopes that he's going to get them soon before they all sell out. Nick because hopes. Nick hopes that. Thank you. Because um, everybody really wants these Northern Lights cruises. And Audrey says, look, he's probably very busy. He was out early this morning at some high-powered consultancy meeting or something. But actually... He started his first day being his moped man, delivering pizza for six fellas. And um, yeah, very, very coincidentally. And, you know, Corrie doesn't usually have coincidences. No. So I'll I'll let this one slide. But yeah, he's delivering food to the guy that interviewed him yesterday. What a chance is that? Turns out as well, he's got the wrong order. So this guy wants a refund and Stephen says, I'm not authorised to do anything like that. And the bloke says, look, no wonder you're having trouble getting a job with anybody, mate. So and I didn't cook the pizza, you cretin. I know. If you never use Deliveroo or Just Eat or any other food delivery app, you think you can hassle the driver. It looks they like these up. guys live on that sort of what thing, to be honest. What the hell is wrong with you? But they're there just kind of making fun of him. And he's like, he tries to fight back. This is when he's like, yeah, I made my first million while you were in nappies, actually. And, um, it just makes it worse, Stephen, yeah. because... Yeah. Why are you here then? So um, if you've missed Angry Stephen recently, you get a nice dollop of that on uh, the next scene because he's on his phone there. His um, his company aren't too happy with the way that he dealt with this um, irate customer. So he's like, I quit. Um, and then Audrey comes around the corner and she can't, I can't remember what happened. She kind of wants to know he's angry at the phone and he makes some weird excuse anyway. she he um, the, the conversation soon turns to these Norway tickets and... Um, he says, "Oh yeah, I'll do it this afternoon." Hooray! And then Audrey's like, "Oh, can you print them off? Print them off for Sam afterwards, so that he definitely knows it's happening." So Stephen's really kind of backed into a corner here. He can't just pretend to order them or say that he's ordered them. He's actually got to go through and order these darn Norwegian tickets. So um, he goes to speak to Nick later, and he's like, "Oh, I've got these tickets on hold." Are you sure, though, about Audrey looking after Sam? Sorry, Mom looking after Sam on her own. She's getting on a bit. It's a big responsibility. Also, I think she might be hitting the bottle again. Hard. So he's trying to make out that Audrey should not be left in loco parentis of Sam on this trip. And Nick's like, no, she's not boozing it up again. You got any proof? And he's like, no, just a hunch. 
And his Nick's like, no, she's she's fine. Anyway, she'd never do anything to harm Sam. And Sam's a perfectly mature kid. He's probably going to be the one that's looking after her, to be quite frank. So can you go and book the tickets then, please, Uncle Stephen? Um, so Stephen has to go and do this, doesn't it? Does he actually book the tickets? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he goes and books the tickets does. then. And then we get this strange, um, I'm going to murder me mum sort of series of scenes um, that went on in the Rovers. And we were a little bit confused odd. with what was going on here because he comes into the salon and while her back's turned, he opens up her bag, takes out some pills, which according to the synopsis were Audrey's antidepressants, kind of take goes back to the rovers where he's enjoying a lovely drink with his old mum he goes out the back crushes the pills up underneath a glass and then folds them inside a little bit of paper takes Maybe them back with it yeah lots of fiddling takes them back and goes and sit opposite her so he's got his beer or whatever it is and she's she's just asked for a tonic water but he's put a gin in it so double gin if you're spiking somebody's drink mm. does it only work does it? Can you not spike water? I think the taste is probably the the key, isn't it? Is that, it probably it's make makes it, a bit it gritty. more likely that you can mask the taste of something else. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, um, she's she's like, well, fine, I won't. What does she says? Oh, I won't tell anyone if you don't. Probably more likely to cause a bad reaction. Yeah, that's true. Don't mix pills and alcohol. I assume that you can die of overdosing on antidepressants. Mm. So um, the the problem stands at the moment. How is Stephen going to spike her drink? He's got the crushed pills. He's got his mum there. He's got the gin and tonic. Look over there, Mum. I think it's the Northern Lights. (laughs) Oh, Stephen. No, that's just the jukebox. (laughs) That just reminds me of the end of the steamed ham scene with Principal Skinner and um, Superintendent Chalmers, you know? No, You know that scene. When... I know steamed hams. Yeah, it's that. It's where, well, I don't know Principal... what happens at the end. Well, no, just Principal Skinner sets the house on fire, and then his mum's like, Seymour, the house is on fire! And he's like, no, mother, it's just the Northern Lights. Oh, okay. Classic. Classic. Anyway, no, he doesn't do that. Very handily. She needs to go to the bog. She needs to go and have an Audrey Waz. And um, so then we get a couple of scenes where it's like, oh, I'm going stick to the, stick the pills in the drink. Shall I do it? Oh, it's such a dilemma. It's my mom. I can't kill her, can I? And then um, it, that that's kind of the... He's sweating away and it's break. And then after the break, he comes back and he's like, oh, has he done it? So we're kind of, we were like, are we are we supposed to not know whether he's done it or not? Or were we not paying attention? <laughs> I, I don't know. But it, it looks like he has done it, doesn't it? Because of yeah. what happens in the end. So Audrey's there. And this is probably the longest she's ever nursed a drink without just taking a swig. Yeah. Um, but she, she um, she's, yeah, she's, 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 um, Swelling it away, and um, she she brings up the subject of the cruise again. And well, she... Harry, you've missed out that he gets a phone call. Where does he get a phone call? Oh yes, of course. This was he yeah, gets Gabrielle phone... phones up. Doesn't Gabrielle's she? like, hi, I'm I'm just calling to see if um if uh, they need me on Coronation Street um because I thought I was going to be killed. Uh oh, is this Stephen? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, this is really awkward. Um. Yeah, I mean, I didn't make Christmas plans because I thought I was going to be dead. <laughs> it's like, no, it's this Elaine now. You're, you're off the hook, Gabrielle. Um, yeah, she. I, I was very surprised to hear her voice again. I was pleasantly surprised. I was surprised when she left without being killed. Yeah, yeah, no, I was as well. So this makes well. me happy because so, but, I'm thinking, oh, she's going to come back and he's going to bump yeah, her Yeah, exactly, mm, yeah, exactly. Good, good, good. He's, she's moaning at him because she keeps getting phone calls uh, because his, even though he's paid her off, 
Yes. He's still got a lot of outstanding debts. Like the car finance and the, and the car people are saying to Gabrielle, give us your money. So- and it, just, to be, just to clarify, because I know we all enjoy Disney's cars, these aren't people who are cars. These are people that own cars. Yeah, oh, yeah, what, the car people? Yeah, they're not yeah. car... Not anthropomorphic. They're not made of cars. Motor vehicles, no. It's not so like anyway, she says she's spoken to the car people. <laughs> Car people, car people, car people. people. (laughs) We're really, we're really trying to fill up the time in this week's episode. Look, we've got to entertain you guys if Coronation Street is not going to (laughs) bother. By making references to things you may or may not have seen. To show Um, off our age. Yeah. Basically. So this is when Audrey comes back from Bog and um, she starts talking about the cruise and she says, look, I don't want you to book anything extra like in terms of trips or anything. Like, don't, don't want to go bodyboarding or climb up a waterfall because like I've heard that it's a bad idea. Yeah, I'm TLC. too old for all of that. TLC told me. She, the me TLC told me not to go down chasing waterfalls, even in Norway. I just want to see the Northern Lights. And, and Stephen's like, oh, oh, mum, are you going to drink the drink or not? And, and he's fiddling with the paper. I thought it had the pills in at the time, which is what I've written in the notes. Well, you don't. Out. It doesn't. If, yeah, we don't know whether it's got it in or not. I quite like this. It's quite suspenseful. But I was thinking, like, how? What? Honestly, I didn't. I wasn't worried she was going to die. I was just thinking, how is? She, how is? How are they going to get out of this situation? Because he's obviously not going to kill Audrey yeah. in such an anticlimactic way at the beginning of the week. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. I think that was part of the problem. I, I was partly confused during these scenes. Like I said, have. Has he done it? Am I supposed to know whether he's done it or not? But also, yeah, that whole big thing of like, well, clearly Audrey's not going to be dropping dead in the Rovers tonight did kind of remove any real tension that there was from this scene. It is an important development in that he's considered, Mm. even considering, like, just for three, just for the, like, three grand. Mm. Killing his dear old mum. Everyone's favourite elderly Coronation Street resident, yeah. Audrey. Mm. Anyway, um, it, it, anyway, she, Stephen yeah. is yes, he's sweating buckets at this point. Sarah Lou still comes hasn't had in, a drink. Still, still hasn't had a drink. Um, Sarah comes in saying, "Oh, I've got a meet. I've got oh a meeting God. I need to go to. My car's getting its MOT. Uncle Stephen, can you take me to a I meeting, to, please? I, I really, Sarah Louise, you grown girl. You're what, thirty five at this point? This drove me nuts. This absolutely <laughs> drove me nuts because." At the end of the at the end of the episode, she's just only just beginning to like mosey her way down to the, to tram. the tram stop. It wasn't urgent, was it? No, she just wants a ride in this Sarah's swanky, so, like, swanky ride. Also, I mean, maybe I'm prejudiced here, but if I if I was having a business meeting and somebody got dropped off by their uncle, yeah. I wouldn't take them seriously. <laughs> At least it's not. I oh know what would be worse, your uncle or your mum. <sighs> I've. Anyway, so anyway, he says he's going to, yeah, he's going to give her a lift in the car and he kind of walks off and then he, he stands by the jukebox and then he says, oh, oh, I've got, oh, got such conflicting feelings here. And then he returns to the booth and then he accidentally, in inverted commas, knocks the drink over as he pretends to look to his wallet. I so he this is quite slick. Oh, yeah, he's so slick. He was, Steven. he was. I, he, that, you couldn't tell he was trying to kill her from the way he flicked <laughs> that drink over. So this is the moment where we kind of were like, oh, he actually was trying to spike his his mum. I don't know, you know, if, if you if you got a gin and tonic with a certain number of pills in, what's actually going to happen? You're not going to drop dead right there, are you? Or are you going to start really frothing at know. the mouth? Or I really don't know. You just get a bit poorly. And I also don't know how much he knew. And was he trying to actually kill her or was he just trying to make her too sick to go on the trip? I don't know, because I don't know when this trip's supposed to be. But anyway, 
she's she she lives to to cut hair another day and um later on Stephen is at his favorite place skulking by the bins platt's bins this he's time. like our memories yeah uh, kind of opens well, the one up spins just around the corner isn't it from the yeah death bin oh or, or was it the well, he's skulking about. Is he by... He's actually, he wasn't by the Platts bins. No, he, he was still coming by, by the, Sally's bins. It was by the hair salon. by the floral bins. And, um, he no, put, he's in the salon. Oh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. No, it, was, oh, it really it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Honestly, Stephen's doesn't by matter. the bins, puts his screwed up paper in there, um, and then this is when we see him check his bank balance and find is out that he's got gonna, three and a half grand on his, in his account. Is she not going to think, hang on a minute, where's all my antidepressants gone? Maybe, probably not. She's, she's, who knows? Um, anyway, he walks on into Victoria Street, and then this is where he and sees his he's car. Booked, he's already just booked this ticket, so he's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. three That's grand. right, that's right. He's booked his Phones ticket. He's got £500 left, and he's, yeah, finds his car. It's being repossessed, and it's being winched off of the road, isn't it? Sticking on a, sticked on a van or whatever, on a lorry, and then Sarah Louise comes up to him. Um, because no, she's she looked for him. She looks. Yeah, she goes to the pub first, yeah. and then she's told he's not there. So she comes up to him, and, and no, um, no, she doesn't do that. First of all, Stephen's oh, I'm going. Just skipping ahead. First Stephen's all, Stephen's telling the bloke, "You're yeah. making a mistake. It's my wife. She cancelled the payments on X by accident." And the guy's like, "No, sorry, I don't, really I don't, care. don't believe you. I don't care anyway. I've been asked to take this car. Uh, screw you." So, so Stephen's left with uh, no car. Then this one, Sarah Lou comes over to him and says, "Oh, Stephen, because is your car broken down? I'm going to get to my job thing now." And um, and he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The car has broken down. That's that absolutely is exactly Some what kind happened. Of Something to do thing. with the engine." Yeah. Um, and so, and um, so he gets a bit of sympathy off of her, and um, he says, "Well, actually, I'm thinking of trading it in for something more environmentally friendly." Um, and and this is obviously where his moped is going to come up again. So he turns up at the bistro at the end of the episode. Audrey's Audrey is already there being treated to yet another drink by Nick. Um, and then he tells him about the car breaking down. No, I'm not getting a courtesy car. And Audrey's like, oh, thank you, Stephen. You're so lovely. You booked the trip. You are so generous and rich. Thank you very much. Hooray. Friday's episode. It all goes a bit wrong for Stephen on Friday, doesn't Even it? Even more. Yeah, he has a stunt and everything. So um, Sarah Louise tells Stephen that the meeting with the designer last night went well. Managed to get there on time, Sarah. You probably could have got there super early and maybe hadn't like a coffee beforehand if you just got on the tram rather than trying to get a car, getting a lift there. But um, anyway, I need your help to help me nail down this loungewear business plan and Stephen says fine I can have a look at that with you but not now I've got an important thing that I need to get to yeah you should you should start rinsing her Um, and and Sarah gets a bit offended by the fact that he's not instantly um, gagging or foaming at the mouth to to look through her business proposals and thinks that Stephen thinks it's a rubbish idea it probably is probably is Stephen phones up his um, delivery place later and he he does a bit of a grovel for his job back and he says oh yeah my my mom she's very ill and um, I'm really sorry about the other day and um, what do you know Corrie never does coincidences, but here is one. Gail is there, listening in. He's having this private, quote-unquote, conversation in Victoria Gardens, begging for his job back. Gail happens to hear the bit which says... And she just stands there. Uh, yeah, mum's ill. And she, yeah, she just stands there looking worried. It's like, um, she doesn't even look worried. She just looks like... Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then um, he he's invited to go back to see the the, the delivery people again, and and Gail says, "Oh, who was that?" And um, that was an ad break, ad break cliffhanger, which Stephen manages to resolve very very quickly by saying, "Oh, I was just trying to drum up sympathy. Mum's fine, apart from well, the whole attempted suicide thing, of yeah. course." But um, I am actually worried about her drinking getting worse, though, Gail. Um, There's nothing that's going to tell you to drink faster than going on a Norwegian cruise alone with Sam. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. No escape there. No. Nope. She's going to be diving Go overboard. Off the side. Yeah. Um, anyway, they they get up to go, but oh no, he's left his phone on the bench. He doesn't notice. No, he does not notice this. Um, he goes over to the cab office, <coughs> where um, Elaine is there. Um, and again, it's been how long since we've seen Elaine on the street last two, three months? I don't even know. Well, but she's wittering on about biscuits or something. Well, or yeah, because Tim's there, and yeah. so so Steve is back. Yes. Yeah, and they're and all going on about biscuits. He just wants a cab, and um, he's a bit rude to Elaine. Apparently, the trams are out, so I don't know what Sarah Lou did to it last night to cause that. Um, Elaine stops <laughs> off at the salon on the way out and she's talked to Audrey about how rude Stephen was to her and Audrey says, oh, that doesn't sound like Stephen at all. He's a lovely boy. Well, he does have some very important kind of businessy kind of business going on at the moment. Well, because so, there um, was a bit of that a... That probably explains it. A bit of a, a little flirty uh, thing going on with Elaine oh, and, yeah, and Stephen the first time. Yeah, back back in July sort of, mm. time, sort of time. It looked so like was he was maybe going to be getting into a bit of a thing with Elaine. Obviously had her nose put out joint by his uh, sudden lack of interest mm. in her. Yeah. So um, he goes off, gets his job back and um, delivery time um, in Bolton. He, he, he You can tell goes... it's Bolton because there's a bunch of bins. It's a Bolton. That's the clue. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, you did a, I did a little bit of a look, didn't you? Well, there was a road there called, what Fosbury, was it? Fos- Fosbury or Fosbrick Road or something, or something like, like that. that. You had to look on good. It didn't fake. exist. It's fake. It's fake. Road. I can't believe Cornish Two would lie to us. Because I mean, now we can't do our Corrie pilgrimage to the street we're where Stephen had his motorbike crash. We're gonna we're gonna strap our. How are we gonna make content for the podcast now? We're gonna strap our bikes to the back of the car, drive up there, won't we? Yeah. And then do a little bit of a skid. Cannot do it. Can't no, do it now. Sad. Um, so yeah, he's. He, we're yeah. gonna bribe some children to steal our bag. Well, no, he he comes back from delivering um, this pizza. Yes. And and there are teens there. There are there are some nasty Bolton teens oh. that have stolen the bag. And um, they're demanding thirty pounds for it, and Stephen's like, I, 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 I'm not. No, I'm not. Just, just give me the bag. You, I'm, I can't even do this. Just I'm give me the bag. Bothered. I'm not. Yeah. Give me my stuff back, you stupid ass. I'm too old for this. Yeah. But then, now Coronation Street doesn't do coincidences very much. Not too often. No. But just at this very moment. Coincidentally, this is the third one. Yeah. Just yeah. So they, the one says they come in threes. Now. The other coincidences have been like, well, you know, yeah, maybe Gail might be walking past Victoria Gardens because well, she, you know, she lives just around the corner and everything. Maybe she goes to co-op or something. But no, in Bolton, there's Elaine just walking down the road. Of course she is. Why wouldn't she be walking down the road in Bolton? She's got every right to walk wherever she wants in Bolton. Does Elaine live in Bolton? I assume yeah. that she probably does. But um, Canonically. I was like, oh, come on. Come on. Why would, why would Elaine be there? Oh, just shut anyway, up. Anyway, he, he's like, don't want her to know that I'm a, I'm a lowly pizza delivery boy. Slams on his helmet, drives off, and has a bit of a crash, doesn't he? Whoopsie-doops. Bit of an action scene. He's like looking back over his shoulder going, I sure hope that Elaine's not following me. And he, and he has to swerve to avoid a van. This could get pretty Swerves and, and falls and skids across the, uh, across the asphalt. It's all very exciting. So Stephen is in hospital later on. He's got his arm in a sling. And he just like, I, I can't be staying here in hospital. I need to get away. Don't want to blow my cover. And um, 
the, the 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 nurse or whoever it is there saying, no, you need to get rest for a bit, then we're going to reevaluate you. And he, uh, as soon as she leaves him, he tries to sneak out and discharge himself, and he walks straight into Elaine, busybody Elaine, who's followed him to the hospital, and she's like, do you want, do you want to phone phone Gail up or something? He's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to worry them. You don't need to them. phone my mum. Don't. Or, yeah, or my sister. Or my sister. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> no, no, don't do it. And she says, look, what what, were you doing in Bolton on a moped anyway? What were you doing my in Bolton? My curiosity is peaked. This Walking is, about. This Shut town up, ain't Elaine. big enough for the both of us, says Elaine. you don't own Bolton, Get off Elaine. my patch. Anyone can go to Bolton. <laughs> he says... It's not like there's an entry fee. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, I, uh, I, I can't remember. I must be concussed oh, from the God. crash. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I, and I really don't want to burden my family with this. And Elaine feels terrible about not being able to do anything to help him. So um, she offers him a bed for the night. She's trying to get her claws into him again. The randy mare. Oh, you wait, you wait. He, she, gives her, she gives him a reason... Does she? To go after her. Yeah, go on. Let's I, I can't on. remember. I'm Stephen's just, like, oh, Stephen going to says, a business meeting. Oh, yeah. Stephen later says, oh, I was having a business meeting in Bolton. It's which a hive of industry. I don't know why it took him that long to come up with that excuse, because that seems to be its excuse for absolutely everything that explains why he isn't where he's supposed to be when he's you actually doing naughty stuff. You didn't but, even write down what he what she says. What does she say? She's like, oh, yeah, I live in Bolton, but I live in such a massive house and it's just me and I'm living on all this equity and I don't, you know, maybe if I sold it, it'd be worth like half a million quid probably, but I, I don't really need, do you need all that space? So I'm going to downsize. And he's um, like... Yeah, she did say that. Catching. Yes. What's that? You've got too much money and you're old. <laughs> so she... Sounds like the sort of bird for me. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So um, he, he accepts her kind offer of a bed for the night. And um, she's, she, she, then he, then he's like, she's getting all this stuff together. And oh no, finally he realises that he doesn't have his mobile phone. But it's all right. He's not exactly a captain of industry, is he? Considering like he made his first million when he's in his, the age of 20. Now he's hustling around trying to get all these jobs. And he left his phone like hours ago and he hasn't noticed. He's got two phones though. He's got a business phone and a personal phone. That's how you know he's a high flyer. What if Gabrielle was trying to phone him up for some more business information yeah. don't worry though Gemma, i'm not worried because you know you've left your mobile phone around but and really really cory doesn't do coincidences very often but adam picked it up oh, just as okay. a member of the family it could have been anybody it was, it was just there but Ad, it was just there it. adam went uh, he, he, he's probably he went, looking out of his office window and was like what's adam happening went, over there in victoria Gardens? oh hang on is that my wife's Weird uncle's phone. <laughs> I recognise every member of my family's phones by sight. Yeah. I'll go and return it. No, he's probably got a happy family picture on, hasn't he, of the, uh, on, his, on his lock screen. It's, it's like, oh, there's a phone here and it's got a picture of Audrey with a cross through it. It must be Stephen's. <laughs> the cross is obviously a big kiss. Of how much he loves his mum. I wonder if he's like got a death list on his phone like, like the bride did. And, yeah, um, well, why not? Yeah, and with, number like, one, Leo. With like how much money each of them is worth yeah. next to it. <laughs> anyway, so Adam takes the phone back to Gail, and um, so she's there, left alone in the house at the end of the episode. And what's she doing? Uh, what was she ironing. doing? Ironing. Ironing. She's always bloody ironing. That woman. She's got the the most crease-free jeans in all of Weatherfield. <laughs> um, what would she do if if like she decided that wrinkles didn't matter anymore? She'd have no no meaning left in her life. No. Yeah, the phone rings. <gasps> just a, like, just as soon as Adam leaves, this is a nice break from Ireland. The phone's like, "Are we alone, Gail?" Come ring, here, ring, Gail. ring, ring, ring. Come here, Gail. Do you want to know a secret? 
It's the pizza people. Very angry Italian pizza people. What is going on? Where is a Steve? Where is a Steve? He's had to crash to my motorbike. We're supposed to be delivering a pepperoni pizza. Mamma mia. Oh, we scared the cat away. Yeah, sorry. I don't think we're going to be upsetting any Italian listeners now, are we? Have we got any? Write in if you're Italian. That's what you sound like. You know it. (laughs) Come on. Carry on. Gail tries to ask who this is is speaking. But is left looking all confused. She can't speak Italian. She should have been like, should who, be able to speak Italian who by is now. this uh, speaking to me now? And then they would have said, <laughs> it's a me, Gail, you stupid idiot. It's a me, Mario. Yeah, um, well done. Gail, Gail should, has been learning her Italian for lovers for the last Yeah, but they weren't talking so. to her nicely like a lover, were they? They were being mean. If it was Italian for meanies, she would have got it. <laughs> but because they were going, oh, di amore, Gail, you're so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. okay, right. So She's I'll, just left looking confused, even say, more so than usual at the end of the episode. I want to say one bit um, about something that happened earlier in the week when Owen Stephen goes to um, his job to pick up the pizza and there's a bunch of these oh, yeah, guys, the, the, the six fellas guys, and they're all talking to each other in Italian and Stephen like, looks like he doesn't know what they're saying. But really, I was so dying for him to be like... Stupid or something, you know, because he should be able to Stephen, speak fluent sure Italian. He should Italian. be able to. Understand. And if there's not a story, if there's not part of a story where they talk, they speak in Italian in front of him, not thinking that he knows what they're saying, and he does actually know, I'm going to get mad. Yeah. Oh, maybe he's going to uncover some, you know, some crime. Yeah, some drugs ring. Yeah, because it's not very often. Maybe that... it's the mafia that are running six fellas, not maybe. wanting to stereotype. Maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's not very often that an English person gets to go do the whole, I can understand what you're saying. I'm bilingual, actually. Not very many of us are, so Stephen should uh, be flying the flag for bilingual Brits. Yeah. I mean, because bloody hell, remember when Sarah came back, she brought Bethany with her, and we were having this big discussion before they returned about, oh, is Bethany going to have an Italian accent? Will she speak Mm. any Italian? No. <laughs> he, um, yeah, she's, she's a bit like Dylan in that sense, isn't she? Been raised far away from Weatherfield, but still has got that um, northern twang to her voice. As I say, they don't speak a different language in London. No. Um, I, I, I would I would go so far as to say that maybe Stephen also speaks French as well, considering his um, Canadian origins. Could do. Mm, maybe. Anyway, um, that was that story. And up until this point, I've kind of been enjoying it. But I found that it was losing traction somewhat this week. And again, I'm not just talking about Stephen sliding around all over the road here. Do you think it's it's kind of not as not as great as we thought it was? It's, Did it we only think it was great because he bumped off Leo? It, I'm not really invested in his troubles as much as I thought I would be. I just want him to kill somebody else. Yeah. Like but we... I think he's... I mean, he's got three victims lined up now because he's got Audrey just literally tried to kill her. He's got Elaine, he's walking around going, oh, I've got this money and I don't know what to do with it. And now he's got Gabrielle following him up, having a go at him. Mm. You know she's going to come back for Christmas. Well, if I were her, I I, I would stay in Italy. She <laughs> That's know. my sage advice to her. She doesn't know that she's going to get killed. Because um, neither do we. We don't know anything. If she stays in Italy, then Gabrielle is out of reach so far. That's also showing my age there. Do you get that one? Please, so you get that. Gabrielle. <laughs> Gabrielle with the eye patch. Um, I I think. Yeah, I was more inv- interested in the serial killerness of this storyline. Not that there is, you know, the, the 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 crumbs are there, but he's certainly only got one victim so far. I think with. With um, John Stape 
when he was going through similar troubles and accidentally bumping off um, fellow characters. I think because John State was a relatively amiable sort of guy, when he was being a bit of a doofus, he's like, oh, John State, you killed somebody again. Oh, don't worry. You're, you're, totally, you're trouble, lovely, though, Michael, aren't you? You've been in so much trouble before. He's talking about how much he, that he's a victim himself. No, 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 I haven't. I'm just saying. No, you haven't. That I think that was one of the reasons why I enjoyed the John Stape storyline, because he was hapless. generally a kind of hapless, but also kind of likeable guy. He wasn't likeable. He's he was a scumbag. He was a likeable guy. He wasn't. But with Stephen Reed, He was hapless, and there's a difference. With Stephen Reed, he's not that likeable. And I'm, I'm kind of going back now to when these three character returns were announced in summer, Spider, Wendy and Stephen. Stephen was the one that I was like... Don't care. Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't Fine. have expected that one. Fine. Go yeah, ahead. He's an established character. Why not bring him back? You know, we complain when the when the relatives don't show up for certain occasions. Yeah, okay. Um, and actually, and then, and then when they decided we're going to give him a personality because he's a fairly blank slate at the moment, I was like, yeah, okay. Let's make him a serial. Why not? Okay, yeah, yeah. He's got a dark secret um, because, yeah, okay. Um, but I've forgotten what I was going to say. It, You're not bothered about Steve. But I'm, I'm now going back to, he's he's really not that um, likeable yeah. a character. Um, he's difficult to empathise with. And, and again, he's one of these characters that doesn't have a an ally or an associate or somebody to bounce their thoughts off of particularly. No. Gabrielle's gone now, so he can't talk to her about it. Nobody knows what he's done. Yeah. So you don't know what's going through his head, really. He's just... He's coming off as being a bit too pathetic. And it's hard to root for him. Not that you should be rooting for serial killers, but, you know... He's not a serial killer. He's just accidentally... Murderers that have got away with it. Quite often in Coronation Street. Unless they're, like... Unless they've got villain, you know, stamped across their forehead... There's a certain level of, yeah, go on, yeah, kill somebody again, go on. We, we like that, don't we? It's like, you know, the villain in the pantomime, you enjoy booing at them. Mm-hmm. But Stephen, I'm just like, mm. And it, it's a shame. It's not necessarily Todd's performance or anything. I think it's just that the story is stopping and starting. I've complained about this a little bit before. You're like, we're going weeks where we're not having any of it. And, and, and this week, it really was a bit of treading water, I thought. He... What what's the development now compared to last week? Elaine's involved. Is that about it? Yeah. Well, no. But I'm. I. This was probably my favourite story of the week. Uh, yeah, I would agree, and that says something about this week. Yeah. You just. This was. This was well. The the Max Dreamism stuff. And the Ken stuff, I think, were were my three more interesting storylines. But this was my favourite. Um. I just think he's just, like you say, just spinning in wheels again. The whole and st- oh, him trying to kill his mum should have been a lot more dramatic and suspenseful. I've got real problems with that scene. It just felt like it happened, and then there weren't any kind of consequences, no consequences. or anything. It was like, oh, we're going to have the viewers on and the edge of their I seats for a couple of scenes, and now well, we can forget about it. It felt like it. such incredibly low stakes after everything he's gone through and all the troubles that he's he's faced. To kill your mum over a £3,000 ticket when you got £3,500 in the bank mm. just felt weird. I don't yeah. know what if that's what his plan was, but it wasn't articulated well enough for us to understand what his motivation was. Did he want to kill her or did he want to make her sick? I, I'm not sure. 
I mean, it didn't feel like it was desperate straits. No. And I, I feel like they could have saved that. I'd have preferred to have been a bit on. more sinister as well or have it happen in a, a dark, shady corner it would have of, been more of Grasmere Drive or something. If it had happened on a Friday night, you yeah. know, they're at home together by themselves. And it, yeah, if it had been like, you know, yeah, her on the sofa, him in the kitchen, yeah, it's all being shadowy and shady, and it's like, oh, was he really saying in the drink there? Oh, gonna... But because it happened in the kind of the bright, friendly rovers, and like, it that's was... not going to happen, is it? It's not yeah, going to Yeah, I, I didn't feel enough of the Worry. tension going there. No, it wasn't so it was a bit of a shame. So I hope that if he does now turn his hand to, to bumping off a lane, we get a little bit more of that. And there's because... no logical progression from, oh, I accidentally killed Leo. Because he, you know, we had a fight and he was confronting me and it was an accident really to, I'm going to deliberately kill my mum. Has he decided I'm a killer now and I've got away with it once so let's, I'm on Coronation Street and I killed one guy so I guess I'm a serial killer now. I suppose if you have got away with murder once no, it was just might weird. give you a bit more bravado because we've not on the had... other hand it might make you think oh, I don't want to risk that happening again I got away with it that was a bit it. of an awkward moment yeah I mean he has got a grave he's got a proper grave site hasn't he maybe he's planning to just dig up the surface and chuck her on top of Leo I don't know I just find it very I mean I know that he was trying he was writing a will and everything which you don't normally do if you're not worried mm. you know if you don't think someone's oh, I don't know I, I just found that it was a bit of a weird narrative leap yeah that, that didn't have enough you know there was no drama not enough drama no, to, really, to justify really them using that that should that should be a really important well let's let's it wasn't make even a direct com- at the end of the week did it no. that wasn't even the cliffhanger we can make a direct the cliffhanger comparison was that, that gail found out she, he is bloody a delivery driver that's not <laughs> that was and that also can i just say add that was the finale of the week gail finds out that her brother is You've got a, an angry italian boss so what Mm. Sorry, carry on. He's been lying all this time. No, I was going to say, let's make a comparison to Richard Hillman tries to kill Gail by setting her house on fire for gaslighting... Audrey or Gail. Audrey, sorry. Yeah. By gaslighting her for weeks, making yeah. everybody think that she's crazy, yeah. making Audrey think that she's um, losing her marbles. Yeah. And then it's like he, he, he sneaks into the house, switches the gas on, leaves, uh, lights it. That's how That's how you almost kill drama. someone. Yeah. And this just felt a little bit rushed and it came out of nowhere. So I hope that... And it went nowhere. Yeah, it, it did. Well, he's Yeah, he's just now... The, 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 the line of sight has now moved towards Elaine, hasn't it? Which is good. I mean, if like I said, I, I think we, we must have mentioned a couple of... No, was it a month, two months ago when he first killed Leo? We thought, is Elaine going to be next? It was either going to be her or Gabrielle. I'm sure we've mentioned it and said that she could be on the, on the watch list because of them having that little scene together. Um... Would I mind losing Elaine to Vic to 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 Steve Stephen? No, no, not at all. Fine, then she won't keep popping back up again and me going. Oh yeah, she's still in it. Um, so it's I, I a just shame because she was a very she was when she first came into it. We loved her, her first yeah. scene um, when she was meeting Yasmin in the prison. Absolutely fantastic. They just turned her into a bit of a. Bit of a gale, really. She's a hanger on. She's a proper hanger on. A bit of a um, a mousy um, flippity gibbet, really. Yeah, flippity gibbet. But I I hope that we get to see. I mean, what what do we think is going to happen? Now? Is he going to just start wooing her? Is he gonna? Is he gonna move in with her? Is he gonna? You know, is he is he got? Is his long term plan to marry her, bump her off, and then get the money? Because that's the sort of thing that really probably is going to take a long time to happen and I worry that 
Corey will try and speed it up or something. Over, Maybe he'll over just fake her will, like. Maybe. Maybe he'll say something about. I I don't know what his plan's going to be. I'm I'm somewhat interested as long as. Yeah, it, it just comes across as he's sinister enough. I I don't want him is to be. Is he still pathetic. married? He is still married to Gabrielle, or are they divorced? I can't remember. He must be still married, otherwise it, she wouldn't care about his debts. Because mm. you know. Um. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna say yes. And when we, yeah, he, she must be because and her credit card definitely does say Mrs. Gabrielle Reed, doesn't it? Right. So there's no way he's gonna be able to marry Elaine. But I suppose yeah. He can right. still steal money. He can, off her. he can steal. Yeah. If he gets close. Yeah. So I guess that's what's gonna happen next. And um, maybe we'll have a, 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 a Elaine getting bumped off at Christmas. There's the prediction. Ooh, how exciting! There we go. Um. But yeah, I I wonder. I was thinking like would. Leo's mind beyond murder if he hadn't killed Leo. You mean would Stephen's mind beyond murder if he hadn't killed Leo? I don't. Would he have see... resorted to this if he hadn't thought how. he got away with it? Don't see it's how. not. It's not a rational kind of no, choice that most people make if they're having if some financial troubles. Else. That's actually very true. Um, so is he? There's a big difference between accidentally killing a kind of total stranger who's being a bit of an annoying dick at the time. And then hiding the body to I'm gonna bump my mum off. Mm. Do we think? Um, do you think he's gonna come clean to Gail? I mean, that this if this what about was his delivery job. Yeah, if this was the big cliffhanger of Friday night's it's episode, it's gonna be resolved immediately. I don't want the first scene on Monday is him just saying. Well, he's gonna say. Oh, oh it was a wrong number. He's gonna say that, or he's gonna say, "I oh, know I got a job working there because I want to invest in it, and I think you should know how the business works." Yeah, maybe. It's so easy to lie about it. And he's a good liar. It feels like so many of his problems could be solved if he just admitted he was a bit strapped for cash. I know! What is his problem? <laughs> it's like no one's ever been bankrupt before. What is I his problem? I can't buy these tickets to Norway, Mum. I've only got three and a half thousand pounds in my account. And there was even a scene where Audrey was going, Oh, Stephen, it's so nice of you. I was going to pay for this myself, but you insisted. Yeah. And he must have been sitting there going, yeah, what a bloody idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my favourite story of the week, but I was I still like left somewhat... self-imposed mm, stupidity as a, as a dilemma. Yeah. Anyway, talking of self-imposed stupidity, Gemma, um, what's Summer and Aaron been up to this week? Do oh, tell. Oh, dear. So on Monday, Summer's still struggling. She's still feeling sick. She's got her midwife appointment. Aaron wants to go with her. Um, because uh, she's going to be seeing Mike and Esther. And so at work, he asks for the day off and tells his boss that someone has a diabetes appointment. His boss, Kevin. Kevin, that he wants to go to with her. So Summer and Aaron go to Mike and Esther's house later. And Esther's like so excited. She's got all these bags of designer baby things and a little frame for all the photos. And Aaron's just lurking about like... He's. Uh, I did find allergic. Aaron like kind of amusing this week. I think week. he's brilliant. Just the way he was sitting there, like saying, "Nobody cares rubbish. what I think." He's like, they? "This storyline's boring." He had like a brilliant. Don't there, I can't remember. It. I think it was when he was sitting on Esther's sofa at some point. He just was sitting there, like staring off into the sky, like like the straight face emoji, yeah. just like I am superfluous to this. But also throughout the week, well, we were just making comments about how he was just like Cedric Diggory, weren't we? Yeah. And there was, was this one outfit that he wore that made it look like he was training to be in the Quidditch. Team. 
same. <laughs> well, he's like, am I a Gryffindor or am I a Hufflepuff? I'm not sure because Aaron is I'm brave like a Hufflepuff. I'm brave like a Gryffindor, but I'm stupid like a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hufflepuffs are just are just the extra. I know they're they? not they're not stupid. Cedric they're... Diggory was a Hufflepuff, and and Aaron Hufflepuffs is are just the Cedric Diggory for me. Fun loving. Well, because he's played by Robert Pattinson, yes. and you can't tell me the, that I can't remember the name. James Craven. I can't Who's tell that? that he plays Aaron. Oh. oh dear! Can't tell me that he doesn't look slightly like. He does look it like Robert him. Patterson. He does. It could be the Batman. And yeah, that's that's a compliment. I wish I looked like Robert Patterson. You don't. I get all the girls. You would. You would. And I'd be in trouble. <laughs> so um, Esther's excited. Aaron's like, we're going to move actually because we don't want Billy to find out because he she doesn't know that she's pregnant. And they're like, oh, Summer, why don't you move in with us? Instead of moving somewhere else, and you can stay in the programme. <laughs> I was like, no, no, someone wants to move away. Let her move away, Esther and Mike. <laughs> and someone's like, oh, that's a good idea, actually. And Aaron's I don't like, think I've been in the programme enough recently. Yes, I will stay with you. Aaron's like, this doesn't look like a good. This doesn't seem like a good idea. And they're like, look, we'll just ask Summer then. And Summer says, oh, I'd love to. Thanks very much. And Aaron's like, well, what the, I don't even know why I'm in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I felt really bad. I felt so bad for... I felt bad for Summer's Aaron. I terrible. had sympathy for Aaron this week. Summer's awful to him. She doesn't ask him any questions. Like, this poor kid, his dad's just been in rehab. He's... His girlfriend's pregnant and she's going to give the baby away. At least he gets to stay with her. Now she's moving out. Mm. Also, one thing she hasn't even thought about, and I guess they didn't... Neither of them thought about it, to tell um, Jacob and Amy... Sorry, your bills are going to double because we're moving out. Yeah. So you're going to have to find someone else to shack up with now. So, um, Esther's like, oh, I'm going to pay, I'm going to get your payment over to you, ASAP, even though it's not due yet, which is obviously a way of controlling them and uh, making sure that they feel indebted to her, Do you think I think. That Stephen might father a baby for them. St- if Stephen could carry a baby to get the money, <laughs> he would do. You know he He's would looking do. into it. It's like, oh, great money-making idea. Um, Maybe, yeah, Stephen hasn't got any kids of his own, has he, that he can just say. Maybe he's just going to... He should just, like, baby. kidnap. Who's the youngest of the plaque rude at Lily. the moment? Is? No, it's Harry, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Harry, Harry with the long fringe. Yeah, he's going to say, Here, here's a here's a kid. He's well, never he even in the his... show. You have him. We won't even miss him. Nobody will know. <laughs> um, so Jacob phones up, and it's bad news. Eric's round the flat, and he's definitely drunk. Oh, who'd, who'd have, have thought? thought? So they hurry to leave. Um, Jacob's trying to look after Eric, but he's just... Uh, he falls asleep on the sofa by the time Aaron and Summer get there. And Aaron's trying to talk to him and asking him how much he's had to drink. And um, he starts crying. And then Summer comes out of the bathroom and says, I'm bleeding. So they go to the hospital and she gets told that she's had a miscarriage and she says, the nurse says, it's not very uncommon, it's not uncommon, don't blame yourself because Summer says, oh, is this something I did? And she's like, no, just go home, look after yourself. And Summer's suddenly worried, how are they going to tell Esther and Mike and are they going to have to pay this money back? The solution, we won't. We just won't tell anybody anything. I won't tell Bill I am pregnant. I won't tell Esther and Mike I'm not pregnant. <laughs> this is just like this is lies sh- upon lies. Schrodinger's baby. Yeah, she's just going to be going around there with increasingly large pillows stuffed up her jumper for the next nine months. And then you're going to have this awkward scene where she's she forgets to take it out the one time that she's going home to meet Billy. And he's like, blimey, you say all the pies here, Summer. <laughs> Summer says we've got to go and tell them and break into them gently. And Aaron says, look, Got, let's do it tomorrow because I've got my own problems here with my dad. So they get home. Jacob is um, 
tending to uh, Eric, who's fallen over drunk. He gets aggressive. They have to manhandle him into a taxi. Eric's crying, uh, saying how sorry he is. Aaron's getting really stressed out. I think... I felt bad. I did feel bad for Eric. I think... I don't know what the actor was called who played Eric. Um, I thought he was doing quite a good job. Yeah. I thought... And, and and Jacob as well. I thought he was he was being very, very nice to, to Eric. And, and, and Summer was just like, no, make it all about me. She's like, wow, I, but this was supposed to just be one and done. I don't understand. This is a Summer storyline. It's not it's an not, Aaron storyline. Get lost, it's Eric. It's storyline. trying to take my screen time, bitch. I'd love her to just... Turn, yeah, turn to just, yeah, exactly. So, so grow a pair of horns and just go and postal on them. So Aaron takes Eric to the hospital, and Summer's laying around, sad on the sofa. Um, Esther texts saying her room's ready, and then Aaron comes back from the hospital, and he says that Eric was awful at A and E, and one minute he's crying, the next minute he's um kicking off and everyone knew why he was there and it was because he's an alcoholic and he thinks he might have to move back in with his dad and someone says oh, I'll move in with you it's like someone no you can't be pregnant and not pregnant you can't live here there and everywhere pick one thing and tell everybody that's your plan and then do it Summer just lives in like endless possibilities yes yeah, she, she does she's like if I never decide I never make the wrong choice yeah <laughs> Summit says, um, we, maybe we should wait. Maybe we shouldn't tell Mike and Esther yet. We could keep the money and then we could um, get more rehab. And I was like, it's fraud. Aaron, don't worry about that bit. That's the least of your problems. <laughs> what do you mean it's fraud? And they say, look, we would never... She, he says that we'd never be able to pay it back. And Summer says, Eric needs professional help. And the money is just there because this is the second payment that they've made. Yeah. And she says, if you want your dad alive, it's your only choice. Why did, why have Eric and, why have, um, why have Thingy and Bobby sent Esther her, and Mike. yeah, more money? Well, they and said how that much they would, didn't they? They're just know, trying to coax her in, saying, here's more money, come on, live with us. how much money? Because she said, oh, I want 10, I want 10,000 pounds or however, she said more than that, I think. And they were like, oh, that seems like a lot. But then they gave it to her anyway. And mm. now they're giving her more and she hasn't even asked for it. I'm a bit confused about <laughs> what it's for. I don't know. So on Tuesday, Eric tries, has tried to discharge himself, we find out, uh, from the hospital. And uh, Summer's like, um, well, we just need to concentrate on getting your dad be- better and use that money. And shall I give it to the rehab place? And Aaron's not committal at all about this. And then Summer starts wincing in pain at work and hobbling around. And Carl's like, oh, f- <laughs> go home summer. go home summer i can't be dealing with your misery just it's like, take a day off please it's like sister sister go home summer yeah so um she yeah she hobbles off i don't color doesn't even ask what's wrong with her she's like i don't want to know just go away it's probably no. something boring you don't you don't add anything here summer you're not doing anything useful so go home billy comes home finds to find billy comes to find summer at the factory but color tells him that she's at home and he says oh it's really nice of you to be so understanding of summer because she is boring and um she needs all the help she can get (laughs) chronically boring (laughs) he comes home she's terminal (laughs) find summer and he asks her if she's okay and she just cries and i thought that was very sweet um that that was if that felt very human to me of like she just has no response other than I, I she's I'm got so herself into a bit of a pickle. She has, isn't she? What more can you do? Just blub your eyes out. So he thinks that she's processing the abortion thing and says, "Look, you, you know, I, I support you, and I know one day you'll make a great mum. Don't ever say that to anybody. He's lost a baby. One day you'll make a great mum. No, 
Don't say that. You don't know if it's even possible for her to carry a baby again. I think you'll find that Billy is a professional advice giver. Well, you'll make a great mum one day. Just shut up about it, for God's sake. Just say, just give her a hug and some chocolate. And he says, I'll support you in everything you do. (laughs) Someone's like, well, I've got a list here of what I've been getting up to. (laughs) Erin comes and sits with Summer in their own flat later. And she's like, thank you for doing... No, he says, says, thank you for doing all this for my dad. And she's, uh, she just needs to stay strong for a bit longer. I don't know who says that, but... Aaron does. Esther and Mike come round um, to see Summer on Friday. And Wednesday. She, Wednesday. And she doesn't tell them about what's happened. And they start going on and on about this room that they've prepared for her. And Aaron's just like... Uh. I, I kind of want to see this room. I imagine it's like... You know, you know at the end of... Um, uh, what's that film? The scary film with a woman who saws off her head. Hereditary. Yeah. And at the very end, then they no. go up to the treehouse. Right. You're going to spoil things. No. Okay. Well, you saw it. You I imagine you gave a spoiler by saying it's... I imagine it's not at all like Hereditary, but I imagine that they've got a special room that's kind of all decked out and it's like white, completely white, and then there's like this little crown of, of reeds or something above the bed and... You know, it's all just a little bit... And there's a pentagram on the floor. Yeah. And they're like, we really want you to lie on this for an hour every day. And here's a <laughs> chant, you have to say. And some candles that you have to breathe the smoke of. Mm. I imagine it's a bit like The Handmaid's Tale, where they've got a special attic room where she has to go and sit, and then every month Mike will come and, sh- and rape her. I mean, just to make sure that the baby it sticks. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Like... If my if they find out that she's not pregnant, well, that's my prediction. They're gonna say, "Oh, why why don't you try again with Mike this time?" Yeah, because what were they gonna say that the baby was Mike? Yeah, he was yeah, gonna be was written plan, down on the it? on the birth certificate. Yeah. So anyway, Is he gonna baby baster. I don't think he's gonna baby baster. Oh. So we we've gotten a bit of ahead of ourselves, haven't we? So yeah. Summer gets overwhelmed because Esther's going on about the baby, and she touches her stomach, and then she runs away, and then. Aaron's sitting there going, well, I'm, I mean, everyone's mean about Summer, but I'm also quite dull myself, so I don't know what to say here. <laughs> so he finds her in Victoria Gardens and says Esther feels a bit bad and she apologises because she got a bit intense. And, and Summer says, oh, I just feel guilty about lying to them. It's like, oh, what could the solution be? Esther and Mike come to the flat again later to apologise and um, says, look, the room's there if you want it. I feel like I've pressured you, so you don't need to decide one way or the other. And she says, thank you. And they go home. And then she feels bad again. Okay. Yeah. Now, this is such a weird... I mean, I'm I'm still enjoying the dilemma here. I feel like Summer's had absolutely no time to process the fact that she's actually had a miscarriage. She's she's so disconnected herself from the idea of this baby that she hasn't processed this at all. Mm. Like there's no feeling, she doesn't seem to feel any kind of guilt or, or sadness. Well, she's, or, fe- well, she's feeling, well, she, I mean, not she, that she should feel guilt. I'm just saying that like no, no, no. emotionally, she's, lots she's of women. She's feeling sad. She's, she's more worried about her, about bloody Aaron's dad. She's worried about I think that. She's, she's worried about the financial straits that I think she's, she's found herself in. She's worried about the lies. I think she's projecting just all of her actual emotions onto. Mm. And also I feel sorry for Aaron because that's his, his baby, you know, yeah. poor Aaron's had no li- literally, say. Literally, you're, you're, you're right. He's n- Nobody's asking Aaron, are you okay about having had this He's just got to go along with everything she wants, which, you know, I'm not ever going to tell, I'm not ever going to say that uh, anyone else gets a decision about what a woman does with her body. But at the same time, 
he's not a robot he's a human being he never got asked any of this mm. he's his, his um his girlfriend's plan was to sell his son to help his dad now his dad's back to where they started off he's and even, him, even he's in, a, you know point to the week saying no don't be silly we we can't get this money again well, there must be another way and she just won't listen to him she's living in a dream world he, he needs to he needs to bin her really. i think she's, she's too much drama but now he feels indebted to her, I guess. But who's to say that the second round of treatment at the rehab clinic's going to work? I mean, the first one, he, he was off the wagon within a week. I know. Why do they think that this is going to work? And all that's going to happen is, you know, they'll just find themselves spiralling further and further into debt. You know, £10,000 £10, this week, £10,000 the next. Where's this going to end? Summer's not thought about this at all. No. She just thinks that throwing money at it will surely solve it. But she's very intelligent. Apparently, and she's she could go to Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah, she's not wise. Did they ask her any questions like this at the Oxford interview? She's, they're like, right, here's a dilemma for you. What would you do? <laughs> yeah. I think I think what's going to happen is Esther and Mike are going to find out that she's had this miscarriage, and they're going to say, um, "Okay, well, why don't you have a baby with Mike?" I think that might be the kind of eventually. It, it feels like that she's going to string them along for a little bit longer. Do you think that she's going to go and, and live there with them? Because they've got they've got a set now, haven't they? Well, they've, they've got, got a house. It looks like they've got a location they shoot in. set rather than a set. In yeah. There. So yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just find this all very odd. Because what what she should do? It's very dramatic and and soapy though. Yeah. It, 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 she should just. She should just own up. I mean... Of course this, she should. She she's currently owes them £20,000. I don't know whether she's actually paid for the second round of treatment at the rehab clinic at the moment. But... She is only a young girl as well. She's just turned 18. I know. This is, People are allowed tricky. to make mistakes. Yeah. I'm sure not everyone's mistakes involve, you know, getting £10,000. And also, you know, how much, you know, legally... Would Esther and Mike be able to demand this £10,000 back? Because really, they're buying a baby. And I don't think they're going to be able to go to court and say, we're trying to buy this girl's baby, but she won't give the money back when now she's had a miscarriage. They can't, can they? No, I think that... Um... So she just needs to spess up and say, nope, I haven't got a baby anymore. Oh, well, I didn't promise. There was no guarantee that it was a baby. You can't have the money back because I spent it. But maybe you shouldn't be buying babies. Foster like all the other characters on the street. I feel really bad for Summer because one thing that happens when you have a health problem, whether it's diabetes or like, I know it's not necessarily a problem, but being pregnant, suddenly you don't have any privacy and your body's not your own anymore and everybody needs to know your business because they've got to help you and you need to rely on people for this, that and the other thing. So the idea that she's trying to keep some things from people makes sense to me because she's trying to control what's happening to her mm. but it's not working because you can't do that so she's she's kind of making ev- obviously she's making everything worse but I'm saying I, I don't find her and I'm unsympathetic from that perspective mm. I don't know what everybody else is thinking I don't think there's a lot of sympathy for Summer but logically I think that she's not being that unreasonably idiotic like you know I think this is um, unfortunate yet possible plausible that she would mess up this badly with all these horrible things that are happening to her she's only just found out that she's got diabetes and she still hasn't really managed to get a handle on how Mm. to control that 
and now she's pregnant and now she's not pregnant and now her her you know one minute her, her boyfriend's dad is fine the next minute he's back on you know back drinking again i just don't she's she does the thing is she's got so many people that could help her but she doesn't want to, to let them know what's going on but could billy really help her i don't know what, what's billy gonna do stand there and wring his hands and hope it makes it bell better i don't know but um, maybe that's the main thing she's worried about I, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's interesting what's happened here. Now now our timeline is messed up for the pregnancy. Yeah, we would, we thought this was a, a surefire um, slam dunk for Britain's Got Talent week next year, so which is why possibly I was thinking she could pretend could she keep this fake pregnancy up? She could say actually no, I've thought about coming to live with you, but maybe I'm going to go back with my original idea to to disappear off her six months or so and then you know those babies they they could keep sending her money to go and live in Timbuktu and then they won't know that she's not pregnant and all the while they're getting his rehab treatment yeah but that's not going to solve the the problem unless she snatches a baby off somebody else Summer doesn't really (laughs) think about the long term she all of her solutions seem to be you know quick fixes to the problem that's immediately there for me I don't think she's thought a lot of it through to be honest I know but what (sighs) I, f- I just feel really bad for her. I just don't really like her. <laughs> but I, w- I do wonder, like, if you, how different would the story be if you liked the character? Yeah. Because I still, I'm still there, quite invested in this, and I know, I know some people do like Summer. So yeah, they do. They do. I just, I just found the characters involved quite bland. Apart from I, I do like Jacob, and and he's he's involved in it slightly people something we didn't mention last week i don't think we did but there were kind of theories going around online is is jacob and summer is there something going on there because he's being like really kind and supportive and helping her out at work and doing the work for her and everything i wonder is um you know is aaron gonna get fed up walk out she's falls into no, the arms I don't of think jacob so. well that would solve he just a lot of being problems. a nice guy it would solve a lot of problems because then mm. she wouldn't have to worry about paying off eric's where's amy been this week don't know. Why can't they have everybody involved in a story? Amy wasn't involved in this storyline. George wasn't around for the Sean storyline. I was like, get a full house if you're going to have a storyline involving that family. I don't know. You want to move on? Yeah. Okay, so the the, the Lawrence storyline, Gemma. <laughs> right, so... And we put this one this high up just because it did span three episodes this week not because of the um, importance of the story or indeed the, uh, the, the the grippingness of it because it certainly didn't have either of those things so the last time we met, we left Lawrence he and Sean had broken up because he had actually secretly been married Lawrence had secretly been married but then we find out that his, yeah, he put, didn't, didn't, his, his wife's dead, dead or so that's great. and Lawrence got a bit offended by yeah. Sean Having Suspect, a problem yeah, but with, something like that. with it and worrying, why is my gay boyfriend got a picture Yeah, so of I'd kind of forgotten married. about that. I totally forgot about it as Lawrence well. as a character up until this point was completely bland, personality free and in or out of the story, who cares? So I was quite surprised when this came back into the, into the mix this week because um, Sally's asking about Sean on Monday's episodes for some reason. Uh, and she's kind of getting him annoyed because she refers to him as a dental assistant and then says, oh, Sean, you're missing out on free dental treatment and everything. And Sean's like saying, no, 
I didn't get any of that. Just shut up. I don't want to think about Lawrence anymore. He's also peed off because apparently they've got a homeowner's WhatsApp group on Coronation Street that Sean's not allowed in, which is kind of fun. But um, back home later, um, Sean is trying to get Dylan to have a boys' night in with him. And Dylan's like, well, no, I'm going out to football. And Sean says, oh, lovely football. So I. I'll come along to you with that. And Dylan is not happy with this. He doesn't want his dad um, you know, making him... Well, also, Making it look a bit uncool at the football. Not match. just that, but Sean. What does Sean know about football? Yeah, but for, at least he's, he's, you know, he's willing to give it a go for his son. But Sean knows he's, um, he's not gonna, he's not gonna be great there. And and they come back, and and Sean's been. Was he made to play football? Is that I can't remember. He had mud all over his face, face, and. Um, Big disgrace, and it, it, <laughs> at least it took his mind off Lawrence. He says, and um, yeah, it, it just seems that Sean is still pining after him and upset that he didn't get any real closure with him. And, and Dylan's got a face on later and tells Todd, "Look, I just I just wanted some time with my mates. I think my dad's really lonely." So Tuesday's episode, Todd tells Sean, "I reckon you should give things another go with Lawrence. You were great together, classic curry couple." And Sean's like, "No, it's over. Don't be silly. I don't don't need that. Don't need that." And Todd says, "Oh, go on, try one last text." So Sean comes and has a moan to Eileen later. He's tried to text Lawrence, but has completely blanked him again. Lawrence is ghosting him, and he's he's so Sean's like, oh, "I'm gonna I'm gonna try and call him." Straight to voicemail, oh no. So Sean leaves this message telling him, I'm over you, Lawrence. I'm deleting you out of my life. I'm going to start dating again. Maybe I'll date Alexa, which is weird. Alexa gets a couple of shouts out in this week's Coronation Street, doesn't she? I don't know whether there's a... (laughs) I'm trying to get an advertising deal or something there. But anyway, Lawrence comes to the pub later. He's drunk. Because apparently he's got a drinking problem or something. Who knew? He's also a bit offended about Sean leaving him this insulting message. And he wants to have it out with him. But Sean is not there. Later on, and Lawrence is really, really drunk. He's been waiting for Sean all this time. So Todd's like, you can't let Sean see you like this. Let's hurry you out the back. Come on, Daisy, give me a hand. You grab one leg, I'll grab the other one. And we'll we'll drag him out to the back. Because Sean's starting a shift now. So... Sean kind of helps Lawrence. What was this text? What text? He tried to text Lawrence. Lawrence didn't reply. Yeah, then then Sean left him a voice message saying, "I'm going to date Alexa," which which who's may... Alexa? Alexa. He's talking about the voice assistant Alexa. <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't. Sometimes, if if there's something that's gone on in Coronation Street and you've missed some really important and obvious scenes, I'm I'm get a bit annoyed. But this one, I don't blame you at all for switching off whenever the storyline came I on. I don't care about it, so I don't. Todd helps Lawrence Sorry. get into a taxi, and Lawrence has all got a bit merry <sighs> at this point because he's on the been on the booze all afternoon for for some reason. He's was clearly super cut up about uh, Sean leaving him this message, this and um. Lawrence is going to the taxi driver. Oh, Todd's going to have his wicked way with me. And Todd's like, just taxi just... driver's like, who's Todd? Yeah, just get in. I don't so watch Coronation Street. I'm an Emmerdale guy. The two, two of them get into the taxi, and um, what do you know? Eileen's there, just coming out of the chippy, looking aghast. She's like, I'm son, over my taking Lawrence away near death experience. I don't believe in life after death anymore, so I'm going to drown my sorrows with chips. Yeah, chips and curry sauce. Mm. So back at the pub later, Sean's telling Daisy he definitely thinks he's blown it with Lawrence, and Daisy's like, don't give up because she obviously knows that Lawrence came round um, earlier and he's still him? got lingering feelings for Sean. She just doesn't want to tell him for She's some like, reason. She's like, I can't be bothered with this. It's too dramatic. Todd gets home. Sean's got a cob on and Eileen's like, 
because Eileen has told Sean, I saw Todd getting into the car with your with your ex, Lawrence. And Todd's like, no, 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 he was just, I, 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 it's all very innocent. I was just trying to help him. He'd had a few too much to drink. They don't believe him. Oh, no. Wednesday's episode, Sean is sent Todd to Coventry over breakfast and he flounces off to work and Todd's trying to tell Eileen, no, honestly, it is totally innocent. And, of course, for drama's sake, Eileen doesn't believe him. Todd goes to the factory to try and say, oh, I'm sorry, Sean, you got to believe me. Sean doesn't believe him. Sad. So then Sean bumps into Lawrence outside the pub and Lawrence is trying to explain what happened. But Sean doesn't want to listen to him either. This story is just full of people trying to tell the truth well, this is and like, other people not wanting to listen to them. This is like what happened with Bernie and uh, with Fern. Fern. Yeah. Everyone's like, for story purposes, I'm not going to even entertain the possibility that this might be real. Mm. And it's just the, the opposite of the summer storyline where she doesn't want to tell the truth about yeah. multiple things that she and really should be fessing up everything about. everything she says. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, the juxtaposition, oh, the contrast. Oh, I think it was deliberate. <laughs> so um, Sean starts a shift. Daisy says to Sean, this is what happened yesterday. And Sean does believe her, because what reason has she got to lie? So, oh, so embarrassing. I've made such a fool of myself, says Sean. Todd comes and finds... Does he find Lawrence in the cafe? I don't know. He says sorry to him anyway, and Lawrence says, okie dokie, let's have lunch Todd together. Why does Todd apologise to Lawrence? Lawrence was the drunk ass. I don't know. He just does. Well, they buy... They have lunch. They have lunch, don't they? Sean's still moping around in the Rovers. Um, and, and and Daisy is, is, is lending a sympathetic ear to him. Why don't you just make him. up with him? Just, just make up with Lawrence. Oh, my gosh. Then, Todd and Lawrence come to the pub. Todd and Lawrence do come to the pub later, everybody. This is exciting, isn't says, it? Sean says, sorry, Todd, I jumped to conclusions. Sorry, Lawrence. Sorry, Lawrence. Let's have a snog. We really like each other. I like you too. Lawrence, I love you. Oh, I think you're great. They have a hug and a kiss. And so endeth the story. No, wait. There's a sting in the tail. There's a twist in the epilogue. Because at the end of the episode, Lawrence says, Ta very much, Todd, for helping me out with Sean. And also when I was drunk yesterday. You're a pretty decent guy, Todd Grimshaw. That's what everybody says. I hope that we can be friends. So what? And Todd gives him a look as if to say... Oh, I think it would make a really interesting story if I fancied you, Lawrence, actually. Look out for that next week, everybody. Well, you know how um, Freddie came into the show because he, um, his wife died yes. and, he, and they needed somebody to do the makeup. Yeah, Kylie. So Kylie did it. And the, na- the nails. Yeah, and the nails. I'm just thinking um, the link here between Todd and... Uh, and uh, Lawrence, maybe they need somebody to like pull the gold teeth out the corpses, <laughs> put a little scam on the side, and Lawrence could. Uh, God, what a could story do that. could that be? What what an amazing story! This it, did anybody did anybody? I don't think you'd actually need was a anyone able to take out dead people's teeth, would you? I think anyone can do it with pliers. Don't don't spoil it. Did anybody drum up any kind of enthusiasm for this story whatsoever? It felt like we didn't need. Lawrence to go away so he could come back and reconcile with with Todd. We could no, just, I mean, it was with, another, it was another block storyline thing. We could have just had him stay dating sh- dating Sean and us just not see it. Yeah, like what? Literally, it was they were dating, split up, get back together again. In a Who week. Who cares? Who cares? I like Todd. 
I kind of like Sean. I like Eileen. So it's not to do with the characters. I think it was just Sean that was sucking all the... Sorry, Lawrence that was sucking all the interest out of this. But also, like, is there any more to this story about him and his wife? Or is that just a little drama? Probably not. So I don't really care if he was married What could make them split up for a bit? Because their storyline's out of rotation for the next three weeks. Let's have him marry. I don't know. I mean, it is 2022. I don't feel like that's sufficiently dramatic or scandalous enough for us to care. Like, Mm. oh no, gay man once had wife. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sean will turn anything into a drama, won't he? So... yeah, if, uh, if there's Todd's... a development that Todd is going to fancy Lawrence, I guess. But why? Lawrence is so boring. He's a dentist. He's probably rich. <laughs> I, I'd i like to think that Todd would try and resist to protect Sean. I want Todd to be back to villainous Todd. I, I want Todd to like can start... have an evil scheme to steal Sean's boyfriend. Todd wouldn't normally really care about whether there's any logic to should I steal this boy, this man's boyfriend or not. If he thought we could get some cocktails out of him and a nice few, (laughs) (laughs) a nice few evenings away in a in a fancy country hotel and some slap up dinners off of Lawrence, the the loaded dentist, Mm. then why wouldn't he? He he did back in the old days. He would have done it. woo Marcus away from Maria didn't he that time well he's a mischievous little scamp that's the point of him yeah I he can't should, remember was that when to... he was like I remember there was a bistro scene where, where old Todd like takes his top off or something just to try and get a bit I think it must have been Marcus's heart all a flutter or something so yeah he's he's definitely been devious in the past it just feels like new version of Todd isn't isn't quite as devious as the other one used to be it feels like you know new Welsh Todd is just a bit of a nice guy. So if he does go down that know, route, it it's not going to fit with him. No, I don't like it. We don't need to change... I, I don't mind him I don't mind him get, turning back to being a bit more Machiavellian again. Yeah. But if his great evil scheme is to date Lawrence, then sorry, Todd. You mm-hmm. done, you've done better in the past. So, I don't know. Sorry, that, that was a miss, Coronation Street. But back to a storyline that uh, we are a bit more invested in. The Maxtremism story, Gemma. But again, I don't think anything really happened here this week. I know, I really feel like... It feels like they were doing their plan for the for the year and they got to this week and somebody accidentally stuck the pages together and they wrote everything out and then they went back and they were like, this, this is blank. I think what they Why did... Why have you not put any plot in this one? I think they were working out the plan for the year and go, oh, that's World Cup week. We, did, we don't have curry on when the football's on, do we? Yeah, Let's you're right. Let's t- <laughs> and then they're like, no, we still want three episodes of curry this week. Like, Argos oh, has God. told us if we don't do three episodes of Coronation Street that week, <laughs> they're going to come and repossess all our furniture. <laughs> so, yeah, Maria and Max kind of got up to something this week, but it didn't feel like much. So on Tuesday, Maria wants to take Darren for lunch and Gary says... Oh, I, I've employed him <laughs> because the school's on inset, so he's gonna work. He's working at the shop, and Mira's like, "You're not supposed to. He's not supposed to be doing stuff like that. He's got his bloody interview with the Home Office. If something happens and people find out he's been doing stuff like that, then he's he's gonna get in trouble." And Gary's like, "It's okay. I'm exploiting him. He's not doing it. <laughs> he's doing it for free. He's not being paid." And Mira's like, "Oh, that's what that's we. That's okay. Then. That's okay. As long as you exploit the immigrants, then we'll let them stay. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell Griff. He'll be very happy about this." Um, so they go inside and the boys have tidied everything up. Yeah, and, is, it, um, is, it, is it Liam and... Uh, I think it was, was, yeah. It I can't remember. But uh, it wasn't Max. Oh, no, of course. He's not friends with him. He's not friends. Um, normally when job. somebody does something like dinner. this, Gary would come out and say something like, 
Oh no, you've moved my important papers and sold a clock that wasn't meant to be for sale because it's haunted. <laughs> I would, they should have added that they uncovered Rick Nealon's little black book or um, well, they Gary's just tidy up. stash of cash for a rainy day. Very or innocently, something. they just do. They just actually do work. Just to kind of let all the viewers know, in case we didn't realise this already, that Darian is a top bloke. He's a top lad. Yeah, he's trying to get the award, but he's not going to get it. Sorry, Darian, you're, <laughs> you're not, not gonna nominated. Get a top lad award. We don't know. Conversation Street Award nominations, couple of weeks. Who knew? He's not on this long list. <laughs> Maria comes and tells him that there's a meeting about the community centre turning into refugee support centre. Um, hooray. Maria finds Griff in the community centre later and he's talking uh, to the locals about the fact that she wants to do this refugee thing and they're not happy about it. And she says, I don't believe you. Um, I'm, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow and it, everything's going to be signed off. So... Um, Max comes in and then Griff invites him round his flat to have a drink later. Max finds Maria, um, who's been, uh, he's got posters. Max has got, he's is, is been flyering up the, 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 the town. Is this about it? not wanting? No, Max has just been putting Griff's. What? Yeah, his posters about, about save the trees and, and don't make the community centre a refugee camp or something. So she, so he's there and she says, oh, you don't have a licence for that. And he says, well, you're restricting my right to free speech and Griff's going to be very angry when he hears about that. So back at a racist HQ, Griff's annoyed when he finds out about Maria and he says, more flyers, that's the solution. And then he asks Max to set up an online petition because he's good at the internet. <laughs> and then speaking of um, online, he says, oh, I know some forums with like-minded individuals that you might, might want to join. <laughs> He's like, I found this really racist website. It's full of people going on about how they hate immigrants. It's called Facebook. <laughs> you might have not have heard of it, but you might want to sign up. <laughs> Back at home. Um, no, Ma- and Max says, Max oh, yes, like, I know that forum. Oh, I what love I forums about racism. You know, there's, there's one thing that teenagers these days like. It's message boards and forums. Who needs who needs Twitter anymore? We're, we're back to old school. BBS. Next up, on to the news groups. Yep, exactly. Maybe maybe he's found some subreddits. <laughs> I don't know. Back at home, Gary offers to come uh, with Maria to the meeting to look out for her in case Griff turns up. And she's like, Gary, if there's one thing I know about this programme that we're both in is that if I decline your offer, nothing bad will happen to me. Hmm. So don't worry about it. On Wednesday... At the cafe, Max tells Dylan about the forum and uh, it seems like a voice chat thing or some kind of discord or something like that. And he's like, you should join up. You you like racists, don't you? You're, you're also white, um, blonde, British male. You've been disadvantaged by Darian, haven't you? He's a bloody annoying, isn't he? <laughs> Maria and Darian come in and talk to Roy about the plans for today. And she she's uh, making some pointed remarks about Griff that Max can hear. And then um, Max has made this little petition and 500 people agree with him that they don't want any immigrants um, or asylum seekers at the community centre. And Griff's really thrilled. They're both happy about this. And then Max says to Griff, oh, Maria was stagging you off in the cafe earlier. And um, um, Griff's like, I don't care. I'm not bothered. And tells Max he did a good job. So uh, Maria goes into the community centre and she also has somebody there. I don't know who he is. This was, this was I, I didn't write his, down his name, but I was looking at it earlier. This was the guy who was going to be helping them to convert it into a 
centre to help refugees or something. I think that's all we need to know about him. Knowing Coronation Street, I think his job will be to make bring a little plastic flyer holder and put some flyers in it, and that will be turning it into a centre for asylum seekers. <laughs> So they're all talking in the community centre and then suddenly outside, all the nasty racist men, including Spider, start standing outside going, we don't want this. We don't want this. <laughs> and um, Maria's obviously um, completely aghast. She goes out, stands up to them. They're not intimidated. She's not intimidated. And then Sally comes along and says, oh, you should be ashamed of yourself. And then she jabs Spider in the chest and she says, especially you. And he's like, ha, I'm only doing it for the trees, actually. <laughs> Gary, Miriam, Darian and the other guy uh, go back to the flat and the bloke's like, I don't really think this is a good idea now. Um, it's a bit risky, don't you think? Also, these poor people are already having a horrible time in life. You don't really want to pitch up to this place where there'll be a bunch of people standing outside with placards. Mm. So you said as we were watching this, um, you were making a joke out about the fact that the community centre is the only building in the whole of the street that has its window with a view of the street. Every other building has got every, blinds down, and they're like, "Why are we having? Why aren't we in a building with blinds? Then we could just close it." This would be so much more convenient if we had smoked glass like everybody else <laughs> did. Why did we get rid of the curtains? So um. Get Griff, Spider and Max go back to the flat and they're all really proud of themselves because they have triumphed, haven't they? They basically yes. got their way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I've got nothing to say about this. I like, I do like the story, but this was another kind of this wheel spinner This felt like a week. whole episode's worth of stuff spread across a week. I think there was only two days worth I know, but it. it still feels a bit like... It, it still, it was just... I wanted a bit was, more progress. It was more of... Griff protesting the community centre. Well, we had that last week when they were when they were doing yeah. the flyers outside. Um, more of the racists doing their nasty chanting. More of Maria standing up to them saying, we're not scared of you. More of the racists saying, oh, Max, you're wonderful. Um, you're doing such a good job. I'm so glad we got you on your team. It really, really didn't feel like this went any further, apart from maybe is Dylan getting involved in it? I... Is Dylan going to be Max's recruit? Maybe. I so Dylan was the because... guy... Oh, no. Yeah, no, just, uh, now, who was helping Darren at the beginning, then? It wasn't... I don't think that was Dylan. It might have been. I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't mind, because, I mean... I, I, I think that the, the actor... Is it Liam McShane, is it, who plays Dylan? I think he's pretty good, but he's been back in the show for a little while, and they haven't really given him anything to do, so I wouldn't be too, too fussed about that. But equally, if he's not in the story, I'm not going to be, you mm. know, losing any sleep either. So, yeah, it really just like... felt like nothing this week. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling... Um, I think they're doing a better job than they have done before. But I feel like they're, they're, they're floundering a little bit at the moment because they're, they're um, probably rightfully so, afraid to make too much of a case for the racists. Imagine how interesting the story would be if there were something happening where the community centre couldn't host both things. And then say, you know, Maria's going, right, we're going to turn it into a community centre to help refugees. And Darren's like, brilliant, because maybe I'll be able to find my brother then or something. And then Gemma comes along and says, hang on, we're supposed to be having our baby, our baby group here for, you know, deaf mums and their kids. We've been kicked out because you've got your... Mm. And then Griff would be like, yeah, exactly. Because at the moment, Griff... I'm not saying I want the racist to have a point, but... <laughs> It would feel more compelling to me and make more logical sense if they weren't just going, I just hate everything, 
because yeah. of the colour of people's skin. Because I know everyone wants to say that's why people are racist, but there are lots of really complicated reasons why people come to that mindset. Mm. And I feel like, I've said it before, and I don't agree with them, but I feel like if you understand somebody better, you can you can fight against it more easily because you can address the actual points that they're making rather than making them into a boogeyman in your head and then saying that they're wrong and I'm not going to yeah. pay any attention to them. You know, if... if if um, Maria, Maria could sort of address the, prob- the the issues actually properly, I don't know. It just feels it just feels like these they they kind of already turned them into like really better. weak, like two D mm. villains. When Coronation Street could actually do a better they could, job they could of make them a little bit like more layered. But making, I, don't, I don't mind. I'm not know, too I'm fussed not, about this. I'm Maybe not, it is. I'm not trying to make a case for racism. I don't. I just think that people have a lot of different reasons why and at the moment the only per- the only really the only thing we know for sure is that max is annoyed because darian stole his school space now why has griff got this yeah attitude why do the rest of the guys have a problem what do they think just what bad. do they really think is going on with this community center mm. i don't know i'm not i'm I, I don't necessarily think that it's a good idea for coronation street to tackle this particularly but i do think it would be quite brave if they did but also i know that they would definitely come into a lot of sticky situations if they tried to yeah. i'm just sympathize not... too much because already people are getting the wrong end of the stick here yeah. i don't i don't know i'm kind of talking myself around in circles and i don't want anybody to be traumatized by watching this show because i know that it would be difficult to watch for some people if it was bit too realistic but coronation street often likes to have things that are difficult they've traumatized me lots of times with with medical storylines yeah i just i'm just not particularly fussed by the whole community center aspect of it it feels what intrigues me the two things that nobody cares about the community center until this week the things that and and it but it's an easy thing to do because they've got the set what what i'm intrigued by is the fact that they're scoping out this islamic uh or muslim clothes shop aren't they they haven't mentioned it for a while they haven't mentioned it for a while but but spider has been led to believe they are plotting something big i kind of want them to just get to that but then i don't want them to rush the story so it's, it's a it's a you know, catch-22 really but and, and then i'm also really invested in the fact that spider is still an undercover cop and toya doesn't know this yet and i and i hope that you know in the next couple of weeks we get to see more of more of those sides of it but I, i'm not i'm not so down on this like i am on the lawrence story or anything because it was just just a temporary blip in my eyes this week um I, I'm still, I'm still finding it very, very interesting, and um, yeah. I just want, I just want to be more hooked, and and I want to believe more mm. Max's descent. Yeah, yeah, right. Steve and Tim this week, bloody hell, what was that? Imagine, imagine if Dar- Darian was actually an ass. <laughs> imagine how interesting that story would, like, would so be. We're like, oh, but he is annoying, though, isn't right, he? Right, Gemma, Gemma, can that's I? That's a joke. I just want to get through this Steve and Tim story because, as we know, when members of the Coronation Street cast have to take extended leave, yeah. then often when they come back, there needs to be some kind of light-hearted comedy story to just ease Explain them gently back were. into the into the programme. Yep. I mean, the mule face story when Fizz came back that one time is legendary for I just being it. a really weird, fillerish story. I've still got that mule face t-shirt. And, and this this week, what what on earth? What on earth? Speaking about clothing-related um, return storylines, so 
You didn't like it. I didn't like this. But it was great Tim, because... Tim finds out on Tuesday that Sally has taken his favourite jacket to the clothes swap. And what is it with Coronation Street about clothes-related stories? So just in this past, you know, quarter... Everyone we've had, to them. We've had Stephen in his jacket, and, and is that in Rand's jacket? Who knows? We've had Summer, oh, well, summer putting her, her denim jacket in for the clothes shop and with then somebody buys it and it's test. got the pregnancy ticket in. Obviously, we've got the Hayley <laughs> Coates storyline. Which Kaylee Stowe still hasn't been recovered. Can you imagine if somebody bought who was it who got uh, Summer's jacket? <laughs> imagine Gemma. them getting the jacket and putting the hand in the pocket, being like, "Oh my god, this says I've got diabetes." <laughs> um, so yeah, Coronation Street just is for some reason having a bizarre amount of program well, uh, storylines about jackets. There this was also year. that extended bit where we had the scenes of everybody doing their clothes swap and paying money for other people's clothes. Uh, which anyway. is kind of nice but it also felt a bit like they were reinventing the wheel because we all know what clothes, charity clothes shops are like. <laughs> right, so Sally's Sally's taken Tim's favourite jacket to the clothes Can swap. I, here's a question, uh, right? If the clothes swap didn't have clothes from people who didn't want to donate their clothes, would they have any clothes left? That's a great philosophical Because question. it feels like everything that they've ever been donated was by mistake. <laughs> Tim's in the pub. It's Tracy Will Stephen. He's back! He's not been in the programme for months because Simon Gregson has hurt his foot. Yep. And that's been incorporated into the programme. He because did it quite thoroughly as well, didn't he? He really, really did. He's, he's Steve, we are led to believe, has broken his foot from chasing after a mugger down the street. Later in, in the week Spain. we find that that's not true. In Spain, of course, yes. So Tracy is totally annoyed about having to wait hand and foot on her... her lazy uh, husband. Lazy husband. Her, her, yeah. And, and kind of foists him off onto Tim to look after. So Tim gets pulls up a chair with Steve and have some beers and Tim tells him all about this jacket. He's right annoyed about this. Steve says, by the way, Tim, I didn't really break my leg chasing a mugger down the street. Oh, what could it be? So Tim gets home later and Sally has bought him a new puffy, timeless, country chic jacket. Quilted quilted jacket he's not impressed by this and then there's an awful well, lot of be. scenes of people making fun of this jacket i don't think the jacket was too bad this made me laugh because am everyone, i a farmer too everyone well we're from hampshire so perhaps we're more we all wear these kind of things around these parts who are we're, we're, when we stride around our country estates we need something to keep the chill off yeah from from the um the sea so all... listen it made me laugh because everyone was acting like this was the most hilarious jacket they've ever seen and nobody would be seen dead wearing it meanwhile girls pottering around wearing exactly the same thing in yeah, navy no, that's a really good point actually <laughs> um but every yeah they're saying he's looking like elmer fudd and stuff he looked great he looked fine and i was watching it going do you know i think my michael would look quite good in a nice oh, well, quilted jacket that's you oh, well, yeah. yeah yeah and then they had the you silly need like, a new jacket don't I, you yeah, yeah i do then they had the thing of, um, yeah, they were making fun of him like Elmer Fudd. And then Daisy goes, I taught I tore a puddy cat. Oh, no. And then he, somebody says, oh, no, that's that bird. Obviously, um, Tweety Pie yeah, that's is... Daisy. Uh, <laughs> Tweety Pie is obviously um, copyright I, or something. I'm sorry, I don't remember who, what all the different stupid cartoon voices are supposed to be. You so know I that probably Elmer Fudd doesn't say I taught I tore he, a puddy tat. He says... He says I'm hunting wabbits. Okay. <laughs> it's wabbit season. Easy so, mistake to make. If I was, okay, if I was Daisy, okay. I would. I'd probably just pipe down. Actually. So Steve comes in with Tim's jacket. He gets wheeled into the pub, and I don't know why Tim you... didn't think of doing this, but Tim's just gone to the charity Steve shop. Steve has. 
Steve's just gone to the charity shop and bought and found and bought the coat. So well done, Steve. Steve went, hang on a minute, I'm going to put the clues together here. It got donated to charity and now it's gone. Where could it be? Yeah, ooh. And you said to me, they've never had that coat before. I don't recognise this coat at he, all. It's very... Is this a classic Tim, Tim, Tim Tuck yeah. coat, has it? It's, it's the one with the sheepskin fur collar I and the black. literally yeah, never recognised... When I saw it, I, rec- I, I was like, yeah, that Tim wears that but one. anyway, Steve's obviously got a thing for it and he's gone and bought it. So Steve's mad about this and then takes his revenge on Steve by revealing that he, <laughs> he actually broke his foot at a phone party with Andy. So Why Tracy's mad about this and storms off. What a pair of lectures they are. And Steve... Oh, yeah, this is why Steve goes and does it, doesn't he? He he goes to get the jacket because he wants to make Tim think that he's bought it and he's not giving it him back. But he's like, yeah, I was going to let you have it, but now I'm not going to because you got it. me in the doghouse with Tracy. You can whistle for it. And he does this thing. Oh, my gosh, I've not missed Steve McDonald's one little bit. <laughs> I have to say, is this was not a triumphant return oh for gosh. the character, was it? This it was just like, a reminder of how, how can we... idiotic Steve is and Obnoxious. irritating. He's so annoying. It oh. was a really, it was a really, I mean, it was a very quintessentially Steve It really was, story. but it was all the things that I hate about yeah. Steve was in this storyline. So anyway, Wednesday, still still going on about this bloody coat and he's determined to get it back. Tim wants it back. Tim wants to get it. Am I getting the name wrong again? You said steal. Steal, Tim, whatever. So then there's a load of nonsense bickering between Steve and Tim in the cab office and then, oh, what do you know? Steve's found a lottery ticket, a scratch card inside the jacket pocket and he has a go and, oh, of course it's a winner. Oh, 250 big ones. Oh, I'm overacting. I'm Simon Gregson. And that's bickering, bickering filler. Pfft, rubbish. Tim storms off. And then Eileen goes and has a whinge about them in the cafe. And I know that I'm being massively hypocritical by having to go at Eileen for having a whinge. And that's all I'm doing about this. But come on, what a load of rubbish this storyline was. Couldn't they have come up with something? Can't they just come back? He doesn't have to have a comedy return story. It was a load of rubbish. The best thing about this story was nothing even to do with the jacket. It was it was Sally in the... Um, in well, the... Sally mentions the fact that Rosie's been excited about the fact that she's... She's in a book. She's in the book. Yeah, and, I, and this is kind of related to the story, I suppose, because it was Sally well, in there. Well, because they said, how, how's your... Yeah. So how's how's Rosie doing? How is... Yeah, how's Sophie, Sophie and, and doing? everything? And... and, and um, yeah, Sally says, oh, I see Sophie is more of an empath like me. And, you know, she's a lesbian. I can't deliver it in the way that Sally did. And then but the other person brilliant. says, you make it sound like it's yeah, a it full-time Mary. job. Yeah, it was Mary. You make it sound like it's I a full-time I thought that was fantastic. Those, those are my lines of the week. Because you just knew that as soon as Sophie was brought up into the script, Sally was going to be, and she's a lesbian. And she's still, she can... I'm I never love how get proud bored she is. This. I really love how proud she is. It's been a long is. time since we've got to see Sally crowing about her daughter's um, sexuality, and that, that was brilliant. But what a load of bloody rubbish was Steve and Tim. Seriously, they are they they're acting like vacuous, cretinous morons. And I know and that Tracy's there saying we just the acting like a couple of kids. The thing is about this, it's kind of disrespectful to to Tim and and Steve because. They aren't this dumb and mean most of the time. I know they are a bit dumb and mean, but they're not so... Like, Steve is not so callous that he would just steal someone's jacket and his money. Yeah. Aren't, isn't the point of these guys is that they're, you know... you know Maybe they are, they are idiots, but they're good-hearted idiots. I know, and it's like, a, oh, are they going to make up? Yes, Don't they care. will. Of course they will. 
is Steve going to spend all the money? No. Probably not. Although, you know, putting it in the roof fund might be a good idea. I know, if he'd won 10 grand, it might be helpful, but 250 quid? Yeah. And oh, It just wasn't great. That was so... Well, it, it oh, could have been so funny, bad. but it just... It just Don't say it. it could have been funny because right. that makes the Cory writer saying, oh, let's try again. No. There's no way this storyline could have been funny. You don't need to do it, Coronation Street. And I feel really bad for anybody who did enjoy this storyline as a massive Steve McDonald fan. I used to love Steve McDonald, but he gets on my last nerve now. Gemma. Oh, dear. Rotten trick. Talking about Bistro stuff. building strife. Building troubles. <laughs> building strife, yeah. On Monday, Leanne seething away because, don't forget, last week they were duped by pocket-sized Rocket Debbie as she tricked them into taking on (laughs) the Bistro um, because it's full of wet rot. So Ed comes around to have a look about and uh, she's like, Ed, do you not remember when you you did the refit for Ray that there was wet rot everywhere? There haven't been wet rot in the Bistro since since when Kate used to work there. (laughs) Uh, And he's like... No, I, I, I didn't see it, but it's hey, pretty, hey. Good, pretty good at um, spreading. I'll come and have a look and I'll give you a quote. So they get another quote and the guy's like, well, do you want the good news or the bad news? <laughs> good news is I've got a part in, the, in Coronation Street. Hi, mum. <laughs> bad news is actually it's going to cost you more like so 20 grand. Um, but there's no risk of the tram line being affected in case you thought the storyline might be interesting. <laughs> 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 and then Nick says... Leanne, why don't we just why don't we just loot the child's bank account? Maybe I'll just talk to him and ask Sam if he wants to lend us the money or give us the money. And and uh, again, Leanne's not happy about it. Nick brings Sam home from school. He's like, "Let's have a lads night in. Let's play chess." And then he says, "I was so proud of you for how you dealt with Harvey last week." And Sam's pretty pleased too. And he said, um, "Made me realise how lucky I was to have a mum." like Natasha and Nick's like you know your mum left your money and you know she's dead because Harvey killed her um you know that money that she left you and Sam's like yes I'm glad you mentioned it before you go any further let me just explain to you I'm gonna use it I'm gonna put it to good use and I'm gonna put myself through university with it probably next week because I'm quite (laughs) clever so I'll need it pretty soon um and I won't waste it and I'll earn lots of money and Nick's like gosh darn it now I can't ask him back for the money. Back to the, the drawing board. I might have to go to Harvey. Goes back to Leanne and says, I didn't want to ask Nick, but I did speak to Sam. Natasha's... Sorry. Uh-huh. I did speak to Natasha's sister and she's she's fine with going behind his back and just taking it. <laughs> and Leanne's like, great. Ed comes round. Yeah, if Natasha's sister's uh, is up for it, then I'm all well, for it. Well, of course, it's, that's the most important thing. We're in Ed, dire straits. Ed comes round later and he says, oh, yeah, I also think it's going to cost you 20 grand. And then... Nick comes over to Leanne and says, don't worry, the money's sorted. We're going to get it soon. Don't text Melissa, Natasha's sister, to say thank you, though. Don't ask me why. Just don't do it. Leanne's perked up later. She's talking about grazing boards. I thought she had really got it. This is the first business idea I've ever heard on Coronation Street that isn't just, well, okay. Better, yeah. Well, she was like, grazing boards, but for puddings. I would love this. That's a brilliant idea, Leanne. I'm a pudding man. You could be the, the weather, you could be Weatherfield aren't like hottest spot for, for puddings. Yeah. Especially in winter when people want a nice big rib sticking marshmallow and chocolate filled. Yeah, and think all those classic northern puds that they could have. You know, a bit of a graze of a Rod Jam Roly Poly, a bit of spotted dick. 
Well, you could have of, it like a little sticky, a bit of chocolate fudge little cake. cake bites, and then a variety of like hot custard, hot chocolate sauce. Yeah, I'd be bloody brilliant. I mean, I don't really like puddings, but I'd I'd have a bit with you. Yeah, Leanne. Why don't you think I'd, of this I'd before? I'd graze on Leanne's puddings any day. Well, she's pretty pleased with herself. I'm proud of her too. Then she swans off and Nick gets a call. Who's it from? Harvey. Yeah. The money's been transferred. And Nick's like, just to be sure that there are no strings attached to this cash that you've sent me for for. You're just doing this future. to be nice, aren't you, Harvey? Definitely not, says Harvey. You're now my partner in crime. <laughs> now, this is my question, right? Nick and Leanne were so... Po po poo poo, not going to take any money from the child, but they've just stolen the money that Harvey was going to give him. So what's the difference between stealing Sam's future money from his mum versus stealing his future money from a criminal? It's still stealing off of Sam. Yeah, but they they kind of made peace with that by the end. Anyway, they? if I was Nick and, and Sam was going, I'm going. Anyway, to... Leanne doesn't know. I oh, know Leanne doesn't know. I'm going to spend all my money on going to university and getting a good job. I'd be like, no, you don't need money. You can probably get some kind of nerdy chess scholarship or something. And also, come on, Sam, you got long-term plans for this programme? You're going to be getting a job on the street, mate. Yeah, you're going to be working down Roy's Rolls. You don't need a degree for that. You don't, know. Although, <laughs> you know, I mean, Amy is still going with her course, isn't she? She's almost She's made a, it to yeah. the end of the first... Uh, Pretty first semester, yeah. first semester, yeah. Good job, yeah. good job, Amy. <laughs> well, it's gonna and and no dramas happen. She's just a bit squinting over her homework. Yeah, you don't need to worry about the first year. Just just coast through it. So what's uh, what's Harvey's plan here then? I'm well, not... he's obviously going to say. I, I don't. don't I, I don't know the what the plan's going to no, be. No, I don't know because you know he's in prison and he's going to be in there for quite a long time. He's clearly up to something. Well, he's going to say. If you don't give me, if you don't do this, that, and the other thing, I'm going to tell everybody. I don't know. I can't. I mean, obviously, that you you shouldn't just take money from criminals. Yeah, I mean, if it's, it's money that has been um, procured by selling drugs or Can whatever. Can you get in trouble but for that? Nick doesn't know. I mean, he probably does actually, doesn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, if it, he knows if it, that if he if knows it, that this is drug money. Yeah. Maybe Sharon's going to turn up looking for it. Maybe. Maybe Nick can tase her. <laughs> I don't know. I really, I've got, I've got no clues at the moment. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat interested. In I this. really wish that they had just taken the money. And uh, nobody's written in to tell me if I'm that I'm wrong about this. I'm sure some people must be right. Feel, but feel. I know. I'm sure there are a lot of different ideas, and some people would never even dream of it. But if I was in, if I'm in dire straits, and the the choice is bankruptcy or take some money from a kid that I'm going to pay them back. Mm. I wouldn't really think about it. Well, maybe I'm just a callous evil cow. Yeah. Just like Nick. But I wouldn't just take the money. I'd say, right, here's the, here's the plan. Here's the interest rates that I'm going to match. This is my repayment plan. This is when you're going to get your money back. Yeah. If you want to go to university, we'll make sure that we pay you back within X amount of time. It's not like a mortgage. You don't need a bloody 40 year loan on 20 grand for a roof or whatever they're fixing. Mm. I just also can't believe that the whole thing is full of wet rot and it's going to be 20 grand when our roof was 10 grand. Yeah, we just had to change a few tiles and yeah, we got bloody fleece to tell you that for nothing. Yeah, price materials are going up, it's going up soon. Um, I I just can't, I'm just kind of not necessarily on their side because I want Debbie to be in charge of the booster again. Where was Debbie this week? I know what's Debbie gonna do for a living now. I worry about that girl. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Anyway, final storyline this oh, week. Oh, here's a, also a question. Maybe sorry, not. sorry, sorry. Um, does anybody know where Leanne's jumper came from? Oh, yes. Rebecca, Rebecca wants to know. It's I, the one that's very white. very striking. 
it's white and red, but it's got this kind of funny pattern Thin along zigzags. the edge. And I looked up, I couldn't find anywhere. I found um, Sainsbury's do a stripy red and white jumper similar, but that's not the same because it hasn't got the pattern. And I found French Connection does this does the jumper, but it's not exactly the same shape. And it's brown. It's like a brown and beige kind of colour. Well, I spent four hours no, in the middle of the that. night. The Five hours I spent. I was up until about four o'clock in the morning, no lie, looking for this goddamn jumper. And then the night before that, I spent two hours looking for it. So I've spent seven hours. Somebody all please in put all. her out of her misery. I'm sure it's from a past season, but I, now I'm just want to know. I just want to know. It's mm. annoying me. <laughs> it's eating away. And I don't you. know what the name for the pattern is, so I can't Google that. Canage <laughs> à toi. So, couple of scenes here. We got a play rehearsal. Um, Martha's kind of. Uh, remember last week? I was not particularly impressed with Martha's introduction to the program when she was doing all the silly breathing exercises with Mary, and and here Mary is um, getting very frustrated with herself, and Martha just kind of jumps in and says, "Oh, it'll be fine." Blah blah blah. Because um, Ma- Mary's not happy with the script, and Martha says, "Oh, Ken's going to sort it." I think this is a lot more fun for them to do than oh, yeah, it is sure. for us to watch because this is kind of very in jokey. Fun to it does seem fun well, no, to it's, act. It's in jokey for for all the people that are involved in productions of things, and I'm sure everyone in their mind goes, "This reminds me of when I was doing that play that set Chichester on fire." <laughs> you know, but yeah. but to watch it. It's kind of fun, but I think it's more it's of an in-joke. I'm, I'm Do you still, not think? I, I've, I've seen an awful lot of hate for the play storyline um, on, on I'm actually Facebook surprised how and... much people are mad about this story. Yeah. They hate it, don't they? I mean, compa- seriously, we really compared to Steve, Tim it. and the Jacket, compared to, what else do we have? Lawrence and Sean. Is the play story really the worst thing that's going on in Coronation Street? And I know that Mary's so. overacting, but... It wouldn't work to dial her down because she's already so well, dramatic. I, I hated her overacting last week, but she wasn't really overacting too much this week. She has dialed it down. What's interesting me in this storyline isn't the play, and it's never been the play particularly. It's what's going on with Ken and Wendy, what's going on with Ken and, and Martha. So any scene where they step away from Nigel and just, you know, and get on with the relationship kind of stuff, then that's a win for me. So he's te- he's taking tea with Martha later, isn't he, uh, Ken, in, in number one. And it seems like they successfully changed Mary's line. She's happy. And then Martha says, oh, I got, I got you know my manuscript on solid ground. Would you mind... I love this. No, he's already oh, no, he's looked al- That's it. right. He's already had a look at it, that hasn't and he? he? And he gives it back gives to her. gives her the manuscript, and it's just got scribbles and crosses out and changes all over it. And she's like, this is completely different thing and she she's kind of offended by this all the like corrections what you're like first. when you say to me oh, how what about this pun and i'm like that's crap and you're like whoa huh. <laughs> so then she has a closer look and it seems like she's actually quite impressed by the adaptations well, yeah. he's made the difference and she's between like, oh, we me and ken is that when i say that's crap i don't come up with <laughs> a better alternative <laughs> then he gets a text from wendy who's <laughs> waiting for him in the bistro and he doesn't tell martha that it's her he just says oh i've got a prior engagement that i need to get to martha's kind of disappointed about this because it looks like she's trying to get her claws into ken so he turns up at the bistro says sorry to wendy for being late and, and and that's kind of it for wow, the story. Wow, he's got two so, girls on the on the. Yeah, I would say this is warming up for next line. week, but this was Monday's episode, so it, I don't know when this is going to come back. But um, I, I'm kind of liking this. There's the, a love triangle with these very old. Well, Michael. you know, Ken's, Ken's in his eighties. I think Wendy's in her seventies, maybe. I'm not sure how old um, Martha's supposed to be, but this Just is say, great. 
more senior members of the cast. Yes, the, the cast, the, the characters in their golden years yeah. um, are having a love triangle and why not? It's fun, it's Ken, he can't help himself. He's why been a Randy Bugger for the last 80 years and what, yeah. why should he stop now? Why can't Ken have a little bit of Imran action? Two yeah, women exactly. on a hook at the same time. I think it would be kind of funny. And I think that well, it is funny. F- funny in a actually funny way. And not a funny in a Lawrence the Dentist or short or, or Tim in his jacket way. I'm, I'm well up for this. I mean, I assume that at the end of it, he's going to lose both <laughs> of them. Because I certainly... Oh, we, yeah, yeah. we all know that Martha isn't going to stay on the cast. I honestly don't know whether Wendy's here on a permanent basis. I've got a feeling Wendy she's not. But like I've, thought, I've thought that permanent. since July. I'm, 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 I was surprised I when we like went to see the filming year. in August and Roberta was still there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that he's going to try and string them along and then they'll probably both find out and then they'll both dump him and that's the end of it and and if that's all it is fine because we've had Wendy back we've had Martha back Ken's had a story happy days yeah no 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 problem there and and it's fine 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 so how are we going to rank this week Uh, I we've been accused of cowardice haven't we for not giving this week well, not ever giving yeah. one out of five. I've, I've, I'm sure I've given like maybe it. ones and a halfs before. And if any week's going to be getting there, then I'm kind of thinking it's this. Because the Stephen, like we said, was it just didn't quite get me. And, and the killing Audrey, or trying to I kill think, Audrey stuff, I the, just the, didn't, I think the key didn't float my boat. thing to say about this week is if you hadn't seen any of this, mm. would it affect... Your, I think you'd be able to pick it up pretty your well Your knowledge afterwards. of what's going on. You might just go, oh, Steve's back. I mean, you can literally fill somebody in in about three sentences. <laughs> but it's Stephen still taken us kill, two hours. <laughs> Stephen tried to kill his mum. Steve's back. Lawrence is back. The summer's had a miscarriage. Summer's, okay, that's four, the main thing. Those that's are the main things that happened, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, I'm. I'm not into and you, the summer storyline. And you don't need to know, you know anything else. I kind of feel bad for her for having a miscarriage, but on the other hand, it's like, well, she's only a character. Um, well, this is the thing you need to understand when you're really listening like. to us being very flippant about all these things. Is that yeah, they aren't. Lawrence real don't care. Max, nothing happened. Jacket was a load of rubbish. Um, Leanne, fine, but I'm I'm on team Debbie, and she wasn't in it. Ken was all right as well, but he only got about three scenes. So really, there was not very much here for There's me. There's not a week. lot going on. I mean, I really like. I really like. I can sympathise and empathise with Summer. I just don't really care. Mm. Um, and I I enjoy Stephen, but this is probably his weakest week. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I'm doing giving it one and a half. I'm giving <gasps> it one and a half. Why half? Why don't Why not just go for it? Why not it, just say one? thing is it wasn't bad it just it was. wasn't interesting i don't think it was bad it wasn't i don't think it was bad i was just watching it thinking this is not great this week i was really disappointed i'm giving it one and a half fellas out of five <laughs> this week what happened to the other fellas you went <laughs> off and left him you don't want to know oh see I, he's in I the see, bin you definitely is steve's late is steven's latest victim you definitely dislike this week more than i did yeah so I can't give this a one myself because I didn't think it was a one week. Okay, you going for two? Two and a half? It's definitely not... It's not a three, is it? It's not two and a half. I'm trying to decide between two and one and a half. Do it. I think I'll Go give it one and gut. a half as well. One and a half. Grazing I, This boards. must be, you know, combined boards. our lowest scoring week possibly ever on the podcast. The I most can't... mare week of all mare weeks. It was... Yeah. It was... One grazing boards, did you say? One and a half grazing boards. Okay. So, 
Well, that's kind of I have the one and you have the half because you're not as much of a pudding I person won't. as me. I won't eat all of it, thank and, you. And then we get to character of the week and it's like, who inspired me this week? Who was I gagging to see more of? And it's like, I oh, think I I'm going to really give it to know. Stephen for trying his hardest to make a story interesting, but even trying to kill Audrey couldn't save this week from being mediocre. Um, it's nice to see him back. I just want him to get on with what we all are assuming is going to be a short-lived career in dabbling in the world of serial killing. Mm. And the question is, who is he going to kill next? Yeah. I kind of half want to give it to Ken for being a sly old dog. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of fun. He only had about three weeks of this. And then, and then I'm also kind of thinking, do I give it to Aaron just because he can't catch a break anywhere else? Aaron, if Aaron realised how handsome he was, he wouldn't be with Summer, the boring life drain. Would he? No. I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to give it to Aaron. Just I'm going to give him the sympathy vote this week. Because he looked I just honestly do feel really, really bad for how little regard Summer's ever given that poor boy for any of his emotions or feelings. The only thing she seems to want to do is help his dad. But she hasn't really asked him, Aaron, is this what you want? Mm. I'm sure if you... She He's really... been beaten up by his dad for years. Yeah, He's... that's a point. I forgot about that. Why is she... Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, someone wants to fund his. Um, well, no, she's trying to get him father. better so that he won't beat his son. But just, they you, need. You can't just throw money at things like this and, and hope it goes away. Just poor, poor kids. They're so <laughs> confused. Oh, they're only young. I know. They've got, They've got so much time still. ahead of themselves to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. Are we done? Are we yeah. done? There's, there is news to discuss this week. Oh, okay. So we better go we on shall with it, get then. on with the news right now. <laughs> News time. Good news, everybody. What? We're getting a bin. Yeah, we are getting a bin tomorrow. Yeah. That's our big news. We've been living in this house for a year and a Over bit. A year. And we haven't had a kitchen bin. We yeah. didn't have a kitchen bin on our old house either. We've, um, we've been swinging plastic me. bags off of cupboard drawers. I said we didn't have a bin and you corrected me. Yeah, hmm? we did have a bin once. Oh, yeah, but we, we don't oh, live no. that bin lifestyle. But now we're going to try it again. It's so exciting. We're having a bin. It is really, I am really excited mm. about this. This and is what I've been... Produced of my life. Yeah, and we're getting a and new sofa. We're next getting a week. new sofa, and yeah. we're getting a Christmas tree. What else has happened? Well, the Coronation Street <laughs> cast have been on a bit of a jolly last week. They went to the House of Commons Hooray! because they were invited there by Sir Lindsay Hoyle. Um, well who, done. who is the, the, the Speaker of the House of Commons. Oh, so yeah, I know they, who that is. Yeah, so Corrie and Emmerdale folk went over down there to meet him and um, just had a bit of a knees up, really, to celebrate. <laughs> the article was like, oh, to celebrate a combined 11 decades of continuing drama. So they've kind of added Corrie's 60 to no, Emmerdale's no, 50 and said, no. they've got 11 decades worth. No, if we're going to do that, that, then let's be more ambitious about <laughs> it. Let's add up all the years that every single actor who went has been yeah. in it and let's make it like 2,000 years <laughs> of drama well he's from Chorley Sea so Lindsay Hoyle and that's up north too so they just fancied having a nice um, nice northern fun let's not construct elaborate excuses Sir Lindsay Hoyle mm. for having a knees up I mean you could have started your own podcast if you wanted Gemma, that in your best Chorley accent do you think I'm going to offend everybody what did Sir Lindsay Hoyle have to say about Corrie and Emmerdale okay right <coughs> Coronation Street and Emmerdale are two of the best-loved, hard-hitting dramas in the UK, if not the world, and their storytelling really touches on important social issues that affect us all. <laughs> the fact that both programmes have been mentioned more than 320 times during debates across Parliament just goes to show how important they are to the fabric of our society and the economic contribution they bring 
to the north. To the north. Well done. That was good. Thank you for actually well that done. was God, guys, Didn't I'm gonna you? I'm gonna let you in on a little secret, showbiz secret. That was actually Sir Lindsay Hoyle came in to record that. <laughs> Special guest. Why don't you Didn't tell me you what twenty times? Why has Curry mentioned that money and who takes a record of it? Somebody's got to write down what they say. in the continuity department in the uh, in Houses of Parliament. Well, it hasn't been mentioned as many times what as about that time? rhubarb or boo. Does, does, was this just when Tracy Braben was doing her thing the other year? Well, they had. Um, I'm sorry, but and... I'm super super proud of Coronation Street that they even had that. There was well, I can't remember how long they spent, but for the 60th anniversary, they yeah. did, did talked about it yeah, in it was Parliament. Her, wasn't it? It was Tracy Braben. I know it was, but other people also mentioned things, mm. but. That let's not forget that they've had important social impact, like um, with Hayley's story, most famously, helped to bring in mm. um, more trans rights yeah, yeah, in yeah. the UK. So I think it's really important to to mention that Coronation Street and Demmerdale and the other soaps... They are definitely fabric to our society. They reflect They're a part back of British culture. Some things that we like to think about ourselves and some things that we wish were true. Yeah. And I, I really, really appreciate um, Sir Hoyle um, asking them to go. I think it's... I'm really proud of them. And yeah, I don't think cool. that you have to be Northern to be proud of um, those dramas. But I think it's really important uh, that if you're in the North, that you can feel that you're being represented. Because sometimes it can be difficult to feel as though you're getting a voice, especially in Parliament, which just seems to be so London-centric. So I really appreciate him uh, taking the time out to, yeah. to have a and little I, tea And I appreciate all the, all the actors who got involved putting some lovely pictures on their Instagram Well, hang on, well, you, need to do, you need to do John Whiston. Who's... John Whiston, MD Continuing Drama and Head of ITV in the North. What did he sound like? I, don't, I, I probably have heard him speak before, but I don't remember. Go on, he do your best John Whiston voice. probably sounded a little bit like this. Go on. It's hugely important to everyone on <laughs> Emmerdale and Coronation Street that we tell stories that don't just entertain, <laughs> but sometimes also inform and make change. Yeah. Being recognised by Mr Speaker for that, and for over 100 years of TV from the North, <laughs> has made this a very special evening for everybody concerned. And, and, and that everybody included William Roach, Barbara Knox, Tanisha Gorey, Sally Dinever, Sally Ann Matthews, yeah, good. Patty Clare, and newlyweds Sally and Joe Carmen Dettine. I've they not all seen go? whether he's done. They all went. There was 37 actors. I saw a photo of them having tea, but there, was, there, there was were lovely... 27 people no, in the picture. There, there was a picture that had Sally Ann Matthews and Tanisha and, and Patty and a few others. I've just been stalking everyone out, like Barbara Knox's Instagram account. Was she there? She was there. They That's, her out oh, yeah, for of course. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. brilliant. I'm so. It's cool. I was just going to say, is Joe's Jatine? Is he double barreled as well? Because Sally Carmen seems to be kind of flirting with double well, barreling since okay. the wedding, isn't she? No, I just wonder, is he Sally? Is he Joe's. Carmen Dateen. Not or all the time. is he just time. sticking as Joe Dateen? Not everybody... I think if she's going to do it, he should do. Well, I don't care what That's anybody what does mean. with their surname. Anyway, that was lovely. Tell me what to do with mine. Very, very nice of um to, to see Coronation Street um, people Rightfully out so. in the wild. Rightfully so. Yeah, going to see the Houses of Parliament. And um, there was a, good job. they also had a bit of a jolly... I mean, Sally Carmen's been a very busy girl this week. Well, so Sally Carmen's got no time to be in Coronation Street because she's too busy flitting around and being a social butterfly. Yeah, so RTS Northwest Awards earlier And I'm just going to say, it's the R-T-S, not the RTS. It's not R-T-S. <laughs> it's not R-T at all. Like R-T... Royal Television Society. Yes. It's not R-T... Um, 
RTS. Okay, what does okay, it mean? Yeah. What does it mean? Radio, Royal, television, Royal, stuff. Oh, maybe it is radio. Radio, television, stuff. Matter. Northwest Awards. Yeah. And um, so Coronation Street won two awards this week, which is lovely. They were only Yay! against Hollyoaks, but that doesn't matter. Who gives I'm a crap? glad that they've won some awards, including... The aforementioned Sally Carmen Dateen got best performance in a continuing drama. She snatched it away from Georgia Taylor, who was also nominated, well, but they were having smiley photos together. I, so I sure really, that, really that, think that... She's that... not too bitter about that. No, I really think that Georgia Taylor could... If she, I think if she was given the same... The thing is, nobody can deny that Abby was a more significant role. Yeah. And I think everybody knows if you gave Georgia Taylor... A bigger role, she would be winning the award. So why aren't they doing it? Sally Carmen was brilliant. This Sally Carmen surpri- absolutely deserves the award. I think that she does. She's done a bloody good job. Yeah. And I love Abby, and I love Sally, and I yeah. love Georgia, and I love Toya. Yeah. Get 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 Sally get Abby back in it. What's so going I was on. really pleased but to also, see also. Yeah, but, but they, they did. Won. They were able to yeah. pick up an award combined because um, the yeah. best continuing. Ooh, excuse me for that little burp. That's foul. <laughs> I know. I, I went to get happy some... birthday, everybody. <laughs> I went to get some lemonade during the break. There, best continuing drama storyline. Abby's baby battle won the award. So um, yeah, there were some lovely pictures of Sally Carmen Dateen. Georgia Taylor and Charlie DeMello. I meant Charlie. They're having a nice threesome photograph session there. It what? was lovely. Um, what happened? They just got picked. <laughs> they just got pat. Well, Ali Sinclair was there as well, wasn't she? And um, Verity, uh, Verity McLeod were there. Yeah. They just had a lovely time. I think they absolutely deserve this. They're all cracking actors. I absolutely love all three of them. I especially love Georgia and Charlie. I'm so glad that Charlie got to experience being awarded for his hard work because I think that he sometimes doesn't feel like he I don't know he definitely deserves it I think he's a bit too humble I think he should just take all the awards and he should put them under his bed and then we can uh, take a photo <laughs> of them for, for the podcast. I think he's fa- fantastic. I'd forgotten this award ceremony was coming up, so this was very nice, and it was lovely that it was and Corey, also, and it was lovely that it was characters that we like. I thought that, oh, Sally Sally Carmen Dateen was wearing... <gasps> I forgot to do Fashion Fashion New World Love You. Well, wearing? you don't need to, because I can remember. Can you remember? You I can remember. She was wearing a really cool jumpsuit, and she seems to like her jumpsuits, which I really am into. Love that about her. But she was wearing a jumpsuit that kind of had a little logo on it that looked a bit like the awards. <laughs> so good job. It was like black with like gold, gold kind of flourishes oh, okay. on it, like a pattern. What was Charlie wearing in Georgia? Charlie was wearing a lovely suit with a really nice tie that I thought very suited him. And um, Georgia Taylor was wearing absolutely sublime, gorgeous velvet dress with a sort of V-neck uh, kind of tie waist. Oh, she looked gorgeous. They all looked fabulous. Oh, somebody should pay them to look gorgeous for a living. <laughs> I guess they already do. Speaking of awards, there's the Digital Spy Reader Awards. We Be can't careful. Go if you are what? at all interested in television, you might find you don't want to vote for these awards because there's loads of spoilers. We've in been the, told. In the, oh, well, I looked spoilers. at it. I looked at it. I got one spoiler. Did you? I knew I went for in with my program? eyes. I went in from, with my eyes open. If you haven't seen Stranger Things, oh, I'm well, very sorry. So, so Digital Spy Readers Awards. Obviously, there's no. Well, maybe it's not obviously. I don't know. There's no ceremony for this, but um, every year at the end of the year, lovely Digital Spy, and I spoke to um uh, to 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 the soap editor at Digital Spy earlier this year, um, uh, do their award ceremony. There's a load of soap categories. So here is who is nominated. Best actor in soaps, male, Mikey North and Charlie DeMello. Yes. This is cool. I'm sad for Charlie. Mikey's a lovely guy as well, but you know, I'm not going to vote for him over Charlie DeMello. I'm really, really thrilled 
for the you know he was he was he was he popped his clogs by summer, but he's still here for best actor. Good, very very well deserved. I'm thrilled with this. Go and vote for him, everybody. Best actor female. Well, look who we got here again. It's Sally Carmen Dutton versus Georgia Taylor. Yes, I'm. Oh, I just love it. And Coronation Street saying, but what about, what, why isn't Summer getting any awards for this? I don't I'm understand. sorry, but those, both those women are so, they're, not only are they beautiful. I have put my check mark next to George Taylor and clicked submit for that. In so personality you know. and looks, but they're so disgustingly talented. Really, really thrilled by that. Um, we've got a Best Evening Soap, Coronation Street, and Most Devastating Soap, Death. Spoiler alert. Yeah, definitely. Well, spoiler alert, Imran's died, in case you're a little bit behind on Coronation Street. That, looking at the nominations there, that's quite interesting because there's about, what, 10, 12 nominations there and there's just one for Coronation Street. So apparently only one Coronation Street death was devastating this year. Sorry, Kel. Um, not sorry, no. Kel Allen. What's her name? Laura Nealon. I know, but Imran shit, that Habib. Was bad. That but was... at least it makes it an easy choice for Coronation Street True. fans. Voting Imran Habib, I think it's fair to say that yeah. tears were shed actually, earlier this year. Emmerdale's got three and Hollyoaks has got four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have got Best Soap Storyline. So the battle for baby Alfie is there. Along with the award-winning storyline. Gary's battle. murder secret catches up with him. Uh, um, which was good. Well, it it's was good. It's a wink storyline. It wasn't a big storyline of the year. No, I wouldn't say it was Gary's murder secret catches up with him, but... It's the kind of... I wouldn't know what I'd call that story necessarily, but we're going to have to come up with some around... picky names for it soon because the Conversation Street Award nominations are going to be sorted very, very soon. Digital spy people all sitting around going, what the hell do we call this? <laughs> Best soap couple. We've got Tim and Sally Metcalf versus Tyrone and Fizz. No, it should have been Imran and Toya. I don't know whether they do. I don't care what anyone says. I'm not interested. <laughs> Tim and Sally had their funny sex storyline this year, didn't they? Tyrone and Dobbs, solid. Love both of those I don't agree with those, I don't agree uh, with couples. Sex. Lovely. I think it should be banned. OMG soap moment. Imran's car crash death. Imran is no. getting all... I reckon there's some Imran fans at Digital Come Spy. Come on, guys. I think there is. But there's also Stephen Kills Leo. So yeah. a bit conflicted here, Gemma. I'm really conflicted here because I went OMG for both of these. We did go OMG for both of those. But yeah. I was really upset after Imran died because I didn't want to believe it was going to happen. Leona. Anyway, I wasn't sad we've that. also got Best Soap Newcomer, Shanique Sterling-Brown, who plays Dee Dee, is going up against James Craven, who's Aaron. Who's actually playing... Sorry, he's playing Robin, Robert Patterson <laughs> yes. as... Aaron Sanford. As Aaron Sanford, exactly. And that's it. So there's a lot of Coronation Street um, can I just talent tell you, you can vote for. Please go and do it. The spoilers are for death, TV deaths, okay? So you, before you log on, I want you to make sure that you've seen some, you uh, some shows, one. right? But if you haven't seen some shows, you need to skip from best TV character past to break through TV hit. Yeah, be careful. Um, go and vote. Very important. Um, Will uh, Will Meller and Kim Marsh, you know, with their tactical COVID, are through to the quarterfinals of Strictly. Well done. That's great. We've got two Coronation Street alumni there that are going to be uh, going all the way in Coronation Street. And I mean in Strictly. <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going anywhere in Coronation Street, actually. Um, the next... Big soap quiz is on next week, Gemma. Is it? We love it. I know it always comes earlier than I expect, but we're into December. Well, it's December. It is December, so anything goes. Big soap quiz. Come on, Coronation Street. Don't let Emmerdale win this again. Now, the teams this year, alongside Jack P. Shepard, we've got Sally Dinover and Ryan Russell. Now, I'm going to say, Sally Dinover, she's been in Coronation Street quite a long time. 
nearly 40 years. She's like years. The, the fifth most senior. Yeah. You, you'd think that she could hopefully do a good job she on that She might remember team. a bit or two. I don't know how much Ryan Russell knows about Coronation Street. He may be a massive Cory nerd. He may listen to this podcast every week. I'm going to say possibly so, not. I hope so, he's great. I love Ryan Russell. I think Michael Bailey is, is much maligned. Um, I, I love, I love he's, him. He's a joyful... I think he's a bloody brilliant actor, and I, I think he's... I think he gets a lot of criticism, undeserved. Undeserved. But... Do you want him on your curry quiz team? I'd have him on my curry quiz team because so, I um, probably know less than he does. I assume, I assume they're going up against Mark Charnock, who really also knows his stuff. On Mark Charnock is a bane of humanity. He gets all the bloody awards as well, doesn't he? You can't <laughs> let Mark Charnock win. Anyway, don't let Mark Charnock get 9:15, away with this. I don't know what we're going to be doing because at that nine fifteen next Monday, we're probably going to be binging Coronation Street on the uh, ITV Hub, I'll aren't we? What, so we're going to have right. three episodes of Curry Dewar okay. and then this. I tell you what, when we binged Curry last week, we were done and dusted by about nine. Yeah. This this week, it was we, like it half was ten. So, it was we're like, like let's just pause it for a bit longer. You know what happened? Amnesty International came in. The world, um, I can't remember the 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 Hague war crimes. People came in. They're like, "Are you guys all right? <laughs> is this this is actually torture? Are you guys all right? Do you <laughs> do you need us to get you a lawyer?" Well, and I, we were like, "No, we're doing this voluntarily." And they were like, "Oh god!" I really, okay. really want to watch the big soap quiz on the night it's on. We're not going to be able to watch it live probably, but um, so it's going to be a big old Don't evening worry next about Monday. It. Finally, not finally, because I said I wouldn't forget. Happy Valley Series 3, which is Corrine related in that Sarah Lancashire is in it, and she Sorry, was in Coronation Street 30 Lancashire. years ago. That's starting in... Played uh, Raquel, absolutely amazing actress. Happy Valley, please watch the first two seasons if you haven't already. It's really, really bloody good. She's so fantastic. Yes. Finally, we, finally. Okay. Go on. <laughs> that was a dramatic pause for. Um, well, I was 2000... trying to talk and you talked over me, so I stopped. Sorry. £2,500 has been raised for a very good Coronation Street related cause, and that is moving the tram what killed Alan Bradley from Fleetwood to Blackpool. Now, hang on, though. They haven't got enough money. No, they have. Have they raised it all? Yes, we used a couple oh, of days okay, ago. Good. We saw a news article saying they're trying to raise money, but they have done it. They got the money. Congratulations. So if you want to go and see the tram that killed Alan Bradley... It doesn't look like it did then. No, 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 it's fine. It's rainbow coloured now. But in the, the Blackpool Tram Town Museum have, have bought, thanks to a very um, helpful public appeal, they've bought this tram, um, the most famous... Tram in the world. murder weapon no, ever. It's the most famous tram in the world. Basically. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go on. It's going to go before the public next year at some point. They said they're hoping to get some Corrie star to open it. Um, well, you know, reveal it. And, and, um, and yeah. there's going to be a special area in the museum dedicated to Coronation Street. Good so we've just guys. got another reason to go back to Blackpool, I think. It's so funny. And we it's going to get it's of... going to be restored to its 1980s yeah, livery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it looks a lot tealer. It was. It? I thought it was like orange and brown. I Am I just so. remembering the 80s through... No, I think it's kind of greenish. Sepia-tinted um, We glasses. were talking about this the other day, weren't we? When we were talking about um, accidental soap deaths for our we re- most recent Patreon episode. Join and, our Patreon. And how... Patreon. How Alan Bradley's death is just, like, up there in lots of people's minds as one of the most iconic Coronation Street deaths ever. Yeah. And it's funny because it, it was great... There's yeah. no denying that. Yeah. But I wonder whether if some of the other deaths that have happened since had happened in the 80s when more people were remember, were watching it, would, yeah. would they have, you know... Because he just got a little bit of a bump. 
I know it's a bit weak. If that if 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 that happened now, it'd be yeah. like, oh well, that wasn't much of a stunt. They but... should have run him ran over with a with a tram. <laughs> but anyway, it was the eighties. They didn't have quite as much money as they people do weren't as hardy as they are now. No, um, so I don't know. Are they going to get a Corrie star to open it? Yes, Probably. they will do. Is it going to be Sally Ann Matthews? Oh, I'm going to say maybe yes. Well, she's glamorous. She can wear a dress. Yeah. Well, it's either good if it's not Sally Ann Matthews or Barbara Knox. What's the point of getting a Coronation Street star to open it? I suppose Sue Nichols could because she was married to Mark Eden, wasn't she? Oh. Um, well, I think this is fantastic. I, was, I think it's I great. I saw this. Um, I saw this appeal, and we were talking about oh, what we're going to do about our Coronation because uh, for our Patreon every year we donate all of us all of our December money to a charitable cause, and uh, we're not sure. We've got an idea what to do with the money this this month we're still waiting to hear more about how, where that's going to go but i was thinking oh oh do you think we should put some of it towards this tram but then i was like no that would be not really a charity, it's not a charity is, is, it? is it no but anyway they don't need us they've got their two and a half thousand pounds this is the sort of what thing if, paid, if i if was we'd have paid three thousand pounds <coughs> where they shipped it down to us we could have had it in the back garden if we gave them three grand would they let us come to the opening Maybe we'd probably go to the opening if we want to. If we it's want just to. a bit of a long way to Blackpool. Um, I if I was an eccentric millionaire and I'm still holding out hope because I do play the lottery, this is the sort of thing I'd do. Mm. I'd just go around preserving Coronation Street history and I'd open a proper big museum. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm not. That is it for this week's news. Well, beginning of this week. There's definitely going to be more Coronation Street news coming this week because I know there is, but you'll have to wait a few days. I don't days know to... what that is. Yes, you do. I don't. Okay, well let's pause don't the podcast then, and I'll ignorance. tell you. It's time for feedback. <laughs> feedback time, Gemma. Did you know about the extra news that I was just hinting about? <laughs> yes, you did. Oh well, <laughs> I should have. Yeah, I, I knew. I'm sorry. Yes. I forgot. Well. Yeah. It's all real very soon. Um, Okay, we said at the beginning of the podcast that we had some Amazon reviews, and we thought we might, you know, (laughs) liven things up a little bit because we haven't got a whole lot of email feedback this week. Um, that everyone said because it'll be eight for eight. We'll be here for ages. But I really, really appreciate everybody that um, rallied to our support um, who enjoys listening to this podcast because you know it is free, and we do spend a lot of time doing it. So. If you don't like it, I suggest you don't listen to it. But um, Little G, thank you very much, is gave that, it is five. Is that Giselle? Yeah, I'm not revealing anyone's name. Sorry. Um, Says so positively addictive every week and said, welcome to the podcast where one is part of a community. And so we're both humorous and dedicated and we know our stuff. And then we got Benji Bug, who says, Michael used to be my primary teacher. Lies. My primary school teacher. And due to what he taught me, I'm now a professor. <laughs> so that's <laughs> great. Bug was that's not helpful, in yeah. Class. Um, Cambridge T says, if you like watching Coronation Street, you adore Conversation Street. Look forward to the podcast more than Coronation Street itself. And they said, we have a wonderful chemistry, which I appreciate. Thanks very much. Mitch R says, five out of five, great podcast. Passionate about Coronation Street. Um, their non-Corrie banter is, is hilarious too, which oh, I good. like. Um, and talked about our character profiles and interviews. Oh, thanks. And then we've got Amazon Customer, which is a weird name for a baby, but I Mystery. guess um, they're, their parents were very forward-thinking. <laughs> five out of five, brilliant podcast, funny, intelligent, informative, um, debate, social commentary, observational comedy, laugh out loud. Michael has a vast 
encyclopedic knowledge of Con Coronation Street that really shines through, especially in the bonus character profiles. He has a pen penchant for a bad pun, which really makes you <laughs> smile. I haven't read all these, that's funny. Yeah, I'll, You um, do know that when, you know, we do our character profiles and everything, it's not just... I'm not just opening a little box in my head and it coming out. I do spend like hours every week writing that. Michael actually spends hours doing it. <laughs> that last week and this week's bonus podcast, and then this week's is coming out in a few days. Blow it, they've taken a long lot of preparation. Can I just tell them, you? But it'll be worth it in the end. Everybody, so you, everybody knows this is no secret that I'm I'm not the um, the diehard. Uh, never like Terminator style Coronation Street fan that Michael is what okay. so when we did our last week recording where we watched Coronation Street on Monday we recorded on Tuesday and then mm -hmm. we did the bonus podcast on Wednesday yes. so I was like right done Coronation Street for the week and then we'll come back on Monday no on Sunday, I had to watch an hour and 40 minute documentary on YouTube that Michael found <laughs> related to the bonus podcast that you're going to hear later this week. So. And, and we did the Patreon episode on Saturday And we night, did, didn't yeah, we? as well. So I, did, <laughs> I didn't even get a weekend off. I need a breather. I do I love Coronation Street, but I think everyone can probably agree that um, I, yeah. that's a lot of time, isn't we it? We were maybe thinking of not doing a bonus podcast next week. We, we probably <laughs> have to for personal now. reasons. We do have some personal reasons. Anyway, nothing about But that. listen, thank you everybody. I really appreciate your support. It really does mean a lot. I know that you think that you are just listening and um, you're an anonymous little mouse who's just uh, receiving all the information through your ear holes. But you are an important part of the show if you listen. And we, um, if, you, if you feel like letting us know that you enjoy it, it would actually make our day. It, it really does. Love a good review. Yeah, please don't. Um, and please do. Please appreciate yourself as our listener and how much we uh, we appreciate you and uh, take that time to let us know. If we that could you review you, we would. We but can't. We can't. But we're <laughs> really what, thinking it. There are some people I'd review. <laughs> um, how? Speaking of reviews, how well did last week's Coronation Street go down on the Facebook group? Well, I'll tell you. Yeah. 3.63 out of 5. That's not bad, is it? That's People seem to decent. quite enjoy that. Caroline gave it 3... You, I tell you what, if you gave that to me on Amazon, I'd still be mad, though. Three pairs of sunglasses I'll have to wear due to Debbie's shiny highlighter out of 5. Oh, quite enjoyed. Richard gave it four lowbrow publications which won't be on Sally's Kindle, despite it containing revelations regarding her daughter as a ditzy schoolgirl out of 5. And uh, my pick of the week this week was Pipiona, who gave it three tables for one in 2034 out of five, because I just kind of thought that was... That was funny. Good reference. Funny. Thank you very much, everybody, for voting. And um, yeah, and then that had to be a speed vote this week, because I didn't put the poll up until after Sunday's episode had been on, so people had to vote fast. Don't know when I'm going to oh, put it on this week. Talking of polls, I decided to do a oh, Twitter yes. poll, because I yes, was curious did. about what people thought. Because I know how what we think, and you guys probably know what we think, about... The, the episodes being um, uploaded to the one hub, of my favourite things about all the listeners of, of Conversation Street is that you certainly never cowed into a decision based upon what we think no if you don't agree with us you will definitely let us know so um, I decided to do a poll and ask everybody um, and I can't find it now keep going Joey I on. need to go on to this section you do so I did a poll to ask you about binging for the for ITV's World Cup coverage because as we all know, it's all been uploaded every week on Monday morning. So I said, uh, do you binge all the episodes as soon as you can? And I um, gave an option for not in the UK and that got 13%. And then yes, 
was 20% and no was 67%. That's really interesting. So, so we're getting these episodes out early, but actually a lot of people aren't binging them and they're watching them at the normal pace. It's probably because they want to watch the football, to be honest. Now, this it? is quite interesting to me also, because this is a very specific audience of people that follow us on Twitter. Mm. This isn't just the, the wider Coronation Street viewing public. So I think if anybody's going to be binging these episodes as soon as they're available, it's going to be our yeah. Twitter audience. Yeah. And even they aren't watching them all in one go. No. So that's interesting. And then question two was, do you enjoy binging Coronation Street or would you rather spread it out throughout the week? And uh, 27% said binge and 64% said spread out and then 9% were not in the UK. And there is still, just just FYI, there's still 21 hours of this um, to go, this poll. And then the final question... But yeah, there probably won't be by the time I get this episode uploaded. When I'm recording this, (laughs) question three, would you like episodes of Coronation Street to be available every Monday as a permanent change? 39% said yes, but 61% said no. Oh, that's interesting, because the last time I looked at that third question, um, more people were saying, yes, I would like it to be uploaded early, but it looks like recent votes have swung it the other way. No, I know. And also, I think a lot of people were voting before... To say, I don't actually watch them all in one go, but I like the option to be available to me. Yeah, and now people are more saying, I don't watch it and I don't want it to be on. Now, this is really interesting. I don't think it's going to make any difference, of course, to what happens because it will be... I I think whatever decision they make regarding the digital availability of Coronation Street will be purely commercially driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they must have sold uh, quite a few ITBX subscriptions to Coronation Street fans in this past week. Like, we signed up to it so we didn't have to watch the adverts and we'll cancel it as soon as things get back to normal and, you know... Even that, weirdly, though, affects the pacing of the episode. Yeah, it does. It has been nice to watch it without adverts, but, yeah. I just think it's... I just think it's fracturing the audience. Yeah. Not just... It's also fracturing the audience experience because, like I said before, at the beginning of the of the recording, you aren't getting the passing of time as you would do if you're watching it normally. Mm. But change and progress are inevitable and painful. So if they have to do this for commercial reasons, they're going to do it, no matter whether it's detrimental to your viewing experience or yeah. not. I just I just can't be doing we're binging Coronation Street every Monday evening forever. It does and I miss help. it for Tuesday to Sunday. I want a bit of curry in there, please. Sunday? Yeah. You do it on Sunday, though. No, no, no. I'm saying that I don't like oh, you don't having it all in one day and then I get Tuesday, six days without any new curry. I will I say from my that. perspective, selfishly, it's very nice to be able to say we have socially Friday free because we've turned down. Well, yes, we went out to dinner on Friday. Yeah, not just that though, but we've had to turn down things. Yeah. And or or gone out and done something anyway or gone for a weekend away somewhere and then felt bad about having or you've given me a guilt trip about we've got to <laughs> do oh now the episode's going to be wrong because we have to release it on Thursday or <laughs> got to come back on Saturday morning and do it I know this is really selfish and this makes me sound very self-obsessed but I'm the only person in my head so I've kind of a, kind of a bit obsessed with that <laughs> perspective but yeah it's kind of useful from that perspective but it also makes it feel like a bit more of a chore yeah, yeah, to do it, it all get it all out of the way but there you go. That's an interesting... Anyway. Let us know. What do you think? And the thing is also that it doesn't affect our overseas listeners, which is actually a large percentage of our audience mm. who is listening to this will not be from the UK. No. And um, I've noticed a lot of frustration ongoing because BritBox, it doesn't seem to really 
prioritise the needs of its Coronation Street customers when they schedule things. And sometimes you guys are telling us that you're not even getting the episodes when they should have been aired. Well, also, and abroad, some of the BritBox episodes are being uploaded before they're airing in the UK. Yeah, and also it's sometimes they're odd. missing an episode out and yeah. they're, they're uploading the wrong episode. Mm. It's a bit of... um. A bit of nonsense, isn't it? <laughs> Shall we just finish off with our emails? We've just got Nancy. But anyway, no, I think this is important just oh. to talk about, just from a, a social record perspective of a little kind of little mini snapshot into what it's like as a Coronation Street viewer during the World Cup of 2022 to talk about the the kind of the viewing habits of people and, and what's going on. So... Here you go, no, historical yeah, record for you. I can deal with it for four weeks. Nancy has written to us to talk about last week's Coronation Street, and she said, Tyrone and Fizz finally found out how Hope is coping with the book. I felt bad for Hope because she thought she was starting to be popular, only to find out the kids don't like her. Mrs Crawshaw had to suspend her as well. Tyrone feels so guilty, you can't see that Hope's trying to get back at him. Carla got involved because they should not be reading the book whilst they're working. It is an, it is <laughs> an unwanted it an distraction. I was happy they made up, though. What's Kevin going to think about the book, I wonder? Here's a question. You know how when you're in a factory and you listen to the radio, you have to pay a special licence yeah. fee? Do you have to pay that if you like listen to an Audible book? I don't know. Can you imagine Who if knows? you had to listen to an Audible book? What about book? a podcast? Sam handled Harvey brilliantly. To us for free He's like. much smarter than Nick. <laughs> I love the Harvey scenes that described his childhood too. And I can't believe that Nick would consider taking money from him. Debbie was wonderful, and when, especially when she outsmarted Leanne. Can't believe Nick didn't know that the building uh, better than Debbie. And I love the fight between her and Leanne. What well, the fight they almost had in the Rovers. Love the build-up to Martha's return. Tracy's comments to Ken about Wendy and Martha were hilarious. And I want to see Claudia and Elaine yeah. return too. Well, there you go. You got your wish, Nancy, this week. Heart, partly anyway, with Elaine coming back. Loved Leanne and Toya walking into the Rovers. Elaine Leanne Perkins? Was... Yeah. Elaine. Elaine Perkins. Oh, no, that's Elaine. Other Elaine, isn't it? Yes, Elaine Perkins, Joanna Lumley, Elaine. Elaine you haven't got your you haven't got your wish there. No, sorry, she's not Elaine Metcalf, is she? She's Elaine. I don't know, but everyone's can't at home remember. listening to this, going, I can't remember sorry. Joanna Lumley being. Joanna it? Lumley has not come back to Coronation Street. That's my mistake. See, I don't have an encyclopedic knowledge at all. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm um, pretty proud of myself, to be honest. I know. Well I done for that, getting yeah. nice correction. Well done. <laughs> Um, Nancy's enjoying how the um, extremism story is progressing she says and she says she hopes that Toya is going to find out Spider soon Um, I think that Aaron is smarter than Summer I don't think that running away is going to solve anything for her I suggest she tells Billy I think Aaron's got street smarts yes Um, it's going to be interesting to see um, if Michael can work with Sarah um, and Nancy gave oh, this week's episode uh, 3.5 Dumbo ears that Brian does not want to wear out of five. Character of the week was Debbie, but a huge shout out to Sam, Gemma, finally, Rebecca. Rebecca what she got to say. Says, I love this week. Hope she is brilliant. I love to doing the book signings and producing the hammer. Although, like Michael said, I wish we could have seen more of Hope waving the hammer around. Not just waving. I wanted to see smashing. Smash, hammer, smash. I'm also wondering if Ruby will start to feel left out like Sophie did when Callie, Callie and Seven, <laughs> <laughs> Sally and Kevin used to fuss around Rosie and maybe Ruby might start to play up too. I also loved Hope not caring at all about the therapist. Like you said, Hope is a psycho in the making and I'm all here for that. I also love Sam this week and his interrogation of Harvey was just fantastic. He was so grown up and brave. I also enjoyed Harvey destroying his cell and trying to... 
offer dodgy money to Nick. I think Nick will continue to look at other options, but will in the end cave to Harvey's offer because of the dry rot. <laughs> he didn't take too long to cave, to be honest, did Not he? Not really. Didn't really look at all the options available, I think. Maybe he was just being polite, like, no, no, I couldn't possibly... Okay, thank you. Debbie was great this week too, and Leanne deserves everything for trying to get the bistro back by telling lies to the buyer. This curry's all about money, wasn't it? It's about Summer getting money, Steve wanting money, Nick wanting money. Very often there's weird themes, and I don't know if they're intentional. Mm. Martha's back. I loved having Stephanie Beecham back, and Ken faces... Ken's faces were great this week. I'm assuming Martha will only be around for a few weeks as it'll only be a short story, but I don't care. I don't like the Mary and Brian play stuff though and I'm guessing Martha will take the female lead and Ken the male lead, causing them to grow closer again. I'm getting worried about Summer and Jacob. Why does Jacob have to be so nice? Although Aaron is right, Summer's plan is stupid. I'm wondering, do you imagine how disillusioned you'd be if you're Aaron like... I thought my girlfriend was smart, but she keeps making the worst decisions. <laughs> I don't know to get out of there because she said she wanted to go to Oxford. I was just going to latch onto that gravy train yeah. and ride it all the way to Oxford, but no. <laughs> Rebecca says, I'm wondering if Eric will relapse over Christmas. Don't have to wait that long. No. Leaving Summer to feel stupid. She doesn't feel stupid, she just feels confused. Yes, and generous. Finally, I'm kind of liking this new Ollie and her friendship with Eliza is cute. I'm also assuming Eliza will move to where they hide with Yasmin bringing that up with Stu. Character of the week is Sam and I'll give this week four bags of frozen shopping from Fresh Ghost out of five. Hopefully. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Thank you very much, Nancy. Thank you, everybody who's reviewed us on Amazon. Thank you, everyone who reviews us on iTunes. We appreciate you. Don't forget, if you want to join our Patreon, you can do. Probably better to wait till the beginning of December. You'll have access to all of our bonus content. Plus, your month money will go towards a charitable cause, and we'll have more about that later on. And also, just in all in all, um, every year, ten, at least 10% of um, our Patreon money goes to a charitable cause related to Coronation Street, if that helps you make a decision. Um, you can find us on conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can review us on iTunes, like I said. You can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and like I said, Patreon. Thank you, everybody. And um, also, we, we're oh, running. What, you're running out of we, opportunities we, to get yourself a lovely orange bottle. If that was something that you had in your mind, there's no, not many orange bottles left. There are not everybody. very many of them left, and it's our special tenth anniversary merchandise, and it's very limited edition. So please do, if you want one, you need to sign up to a year's subscription or the top tier for yes, at least six months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've got a couple of days until our bonus podcast of the week's coming out. That's going to um, be exciting. Hopefully it should be a good one. There's there's a little bit of a twist to it this week, but um, I will tease you with that and say no more. Um, we are going now, though. Because I hope you're going to like it. I hope you're going to like it as well. Um, but we got some curry for tea, haven't we? And I'm I made some Thai hungry. curry. Yeah. Very exciting. Yum, yum, yum. Goodbye, everybody. See you next time. Now you say goodbye to. Oh, goodbye to. The music for this episode came from podcast themes. Now you say goodbye to us. Bye. Bye. Bye, listeners. Bye. Bye. Drive safe. Bye. 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 Did I say the music came from podcastthemes.com? It did. <laughs> <laughs>